0: Taking the mic off, stand and like doing like or a like, fucking Dino, like Frank Sinatra type thing. <laughs> just like walk around. Yeah, just crowd work. Right. <laughs>
1: Where you let it go from. I'm going to be like in
0: the corner, like Sammy Davis Jr. with my like
1: kind of winking eye, right? And just, yeah, just, kind just of, making mm. comments in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, Welcome back, Screamers, to another episode where we examine all the crazy things we do in the name of love. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's what, you would... <laughs> yeah. that's what we're going with. Which is, I think, apt for the films we're talking about today, which is the new film Bottoms, directed by Emma Sidligman, starring Rachel Sinnott and Ayo Edibiri, And we have more Cassavetes. The, I don't know, playful romantic romp that is Minnie and Moskowitz. <laughs> <laughs> and the loving study of a marriage um which is a casavetes theme right a woman under the influence but these two films have four perfor- four performances that are frankly fucking amazing
0: yeah no yeah. i mean it's just, uh... <sighs>
1: Like also I, if you've noticed my voice, this weather fucks with my sinuses <laughs> and, and
0: stuff. So we get we get Brock after dark here. It's not that Yo, <laughs> boy, you should have known me <laughs> back when. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Brock's in his smoking jacket and uh Yeah. <laughs> and two, suit, and suit pajamas. And two packs of Malls a day, I'll tell you. <laughs> um yeah, I mean it, what's Look, neither one of these, and it's it's. I, I, I love the idea that Cassavetes is sitting back in the, in in a crowd, just kind of like deliciously eating up people, like not knowing how to react to any of these films. Like, yeah, especially because like he's doing shit at this time that no one is doing, right? I mean, like w- prior to even prior to you know to many Mauskowitz I mean uh, Moscow it's you're still talking it's not many Mauskowitz <laughs> by the way so I'm trying to say it that way um it's a new character i mean like he's ushering in the american new wave and then kind of riding the riding the crest of what he's uh, you know of the wave that he has essentially put into motion right i mean and so now we're in a very brief period of time where hollywood is kind of catching up with this idea of independent cinema Mm -hmm. and like they're taking a huge hit because for whatever reason and and then so they're starting to like refocus and start going back to smaller million dollar films The, you know, there's no money for big budget stars, so you're seeing things like, uh, you know, like silent running, you're seeing things, uh, you know, I can't have a minute, forget all the titles, but like, this is like, in in
1: part, part of new
0: Hollywood. Right, right. right. And, And. and still Cassavetes is, even even in this system is still doing it differently right i mean <laughs> even like, among the michael Chininos of the world <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it's and it's obvious that people <clears throat> it takes years for i think i think he was appreciated in his time but i <clears throat> do think that in a studio system that didn't really know what to do with him that didn't really know how to um, you know distribute his films market his films like they you know he this is a guy who is diy on everything and this is the reason that you see Gina Rowlands in eleven of his films, and Falk and, and Cassell mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Gazzara, and this, and his mom and his dad and her and Gina Roland and, 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 Gina's and, 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 and like, his, his kids yeah. and like all these people that stay in this stable of his this is because he <clears throat> mortgages his house for every fucking film that he does. Yes. Yeah, and Falk chips in money, right? And then you know, and he's he. You know, the studio doesn't agree with the poster it is that he's doing. So he puts together his own posters and prints his own posters and starts putting them up. And then he four walls his theaters, I mean, his his, his distribution and, and, and rents out theaters for himself to get word of mouth. It's, you know, it's crazy that 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 Hollywood couldn't find really a way to, to embrace him and to figure out how to really, mo- because again, he, he does this and we get to a woman under the influence, which is a, you know, it's nominated for best director, best actress. Should have been nominated. I mean, this is a year of Godfather Two, so mm-hmm, Godfather Two mm-hmm. is probably going to win everything, of course. Um, and you've got an up and comer in Scorsese, and Alice doesn't live here anymore, mm-hmm. which was a huge protege of 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 uh, uh, um, of Cassavetes. Um, it, it's I don't know. I, now I lose my train of thought, about it. I was I like, guess I started thinking along those lines. Um, but I mean, it's, it's so he. Oh well, I guess I was going to say he made he f- he does this for a million, right? And once once one point two does it for a million. He gets 500 something from Falk because mm-hmm. Falk's flush from— and <laughs> There's a really funny line from uh, Cassell. It's like, a Falk would sit on a dime until it melted because <laughs> he, was so, he was so cheap. <laughs> but Falk's so invested. He turns down Day of the Dolphin to be in Women, uh, women under, the, in the, in, under the Influence, um, puts up $500,000 as a month on money. All these people do all of this because they know, you know, they'll get paid on the back end if it all takes care of itself, right? And he ends up making— Ten million dollars on his own distribution mm-hmm. of this film, and so that's nine million dollars in his pocket. That and it and it could had it have been you know done by a studio that had controlled the number of. I mean, like what's crazy to me too is like I wonder if that million dollars included the three hundred prints that he had to get made right. to 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 ship these around the country. And I'd like and a lot of times, you know, doing the distribution yourself um you know you're shipping these prints out you're waiting on theaters to pay you so like when he did with what he did with a woman is made sure that they had an upfront fee i Mm -hmm. mean so basically it was an upfront fee a guaranteed set of money and then he would get part of the grosses after the fact but he needed an upfront fee so before he could do any of this stuff so and 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 i guess these revival houses and, and art house films um these smaller theaters notoriously uh, hard to get money from once it was all said and done. Yeah. It's funny to me that that's actually how it works. It's like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like hey, we'll let you show this, and then, um, but we're gonna we expect you to play nice and send us the money that we that we are owed after the movie's done. Sound <laughs> cool? Yeah, right? yeah. We'll do right, that. We'll do it. Yeah. It's okay. Good. Good. <clears> Three hundred screens here in, this, in the U.S. or whatever it is. I mean, not at least not yeah. this point. It's more than that. But it's it's weird how that should happen. Right after, yeah, but. and and how you would possibly keep track of it all as as a as an independent filmmaker it it,
1: (laughs) this is why so many sort of like crooks get into the film business right yeah i mean (laughs) i guess what are you gonna do and
0: i mean like if if you can like this like we don't see this anymore right Mm -hmm. a woman under an influence played for 18 months in theaters that's bonkers right and it's playing in new york and los angeles heavily and then you know, the Cassavetes is looking through newspapers, looking for theaters that play movies that he likes to, so he can call them up and say, hey, I've got this new movie. you want to show it? But I mean, like, yeah, this this idea that of course there is no home video market, right? There's no right. like so no right. one is no one's even really waiting for this to come on movie of the week at this point. I mean, maybe people people in their
1: backyard years. are setting up their own like real to real projectors <laughs> and like white sheet in,
0: right. the, in the back right yeah Yeah. i mean so like in in seven this was what 74 at this point yeah um so it's not it's nuts that 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 you were able to keep track of the books and like to have even have 300 theaters or like however many prints because i'm sure prints get destroyed but however many theaters you had this going in simultaneously to try to keep track of all that like for a guy like cassavetes i mean who was so hands-on with everything it still had to drive him crazy that he couldn't really ever get embraced by these guys and it was always a matter of like i'm gonna go do some acting for them and then this is gonna help me pay for the things that i love to do and then and then but he really like worked behind the films it'd be one thing just to make it yeah and then to say hey i'm done with that and let's let's let the you know chips fall where they may but no man he's stumped for it everything that, right? yeah <laughs> i mean do you really think i i see him more as like kind of
1: working within this system to subvert the system like i'll go do rosemary's baby i'll go Mm -hmm. do dirty dozen but i'm not but but i'm going to use you for that to go do this other thing that you won't let me do so fuck you i'll go play on my own right right Right. where he does i I mean i i don't know i i I really wonder if he ever like really cared about being embraced by the studios or the big big, i
0: mean or if he was just like "We're, we're making our stuff and that's yeah, Whatever. I, mean, I, I think he understood where he could get away with things and where he couldn't. Like, yeah. obviously, husband starts running up the bill and he starts to get some of it taken back from him. Um, you know, he gets uh, th- the one movie completely taken away from him. I and mean, so, like, I, I would imagine these are lessons. the child I'm, is waiting. A, chi- a, child, right. yeah, a child is waiting. Uh, <clears> still. <laughs> it's just sitting there waiting for Judy Garland to come back. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you all. There's no place like home. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah i think at this point he probably has but again you that how many times can you do this yeah if you look at someone like elaine may who then gets chewed up by the system yeah and doesn't i mean like because you would imagine like one at this point they're running in the same circles and i think she did a table read for a woman under the influence mm. um or was there when they were doing like mm-hmm. the falk read or whatever um but i think at this point like you, you would want them to just to say, "Hey, it, it, it would be nice." <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Just to take over, just you know, pay me three million. I, I, am I made this for a million. Pay me three, so I can pay my people yeah. and distribute, you know, distribute it and pay me a percentage of the, of, of you know, after yeah. the fact. But he knows they're never going to let him do what he wants. I mean, that's the other thing too. Right.
1: Even right. if it's just like, just let me do this and you do this, they're going to be like, Mm-mm. they're always going to have input and always. I mean, that's how these. Big powerful institutions work,
0: right? It, we'll leave you alone for a minute, <laughs> right? Right? It, it's, it's, it really is baffling, and it, and you know, we come through waves because, like, this same thing starts to happen when the Sundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when when that kind of, that under, kind of indie movement, sort Right of, you start mm-hmm. to hit with slackers you start to hit Spike Lee and she's got sex have lies it. and videotape, right? So all um, these sm- small movies that are made um, that you know can then make their money back um, and become indie darlings And then we see studios do the same thing they start throwing You know yeah. anything's under a five million dollar film gets on almost automatically greenlit so you end up with a bunch of like weird uh, merchant ivory type films and then like <laughs> and then a bunch of Tarantino knockoffs that can right. all be made for basically right. nothing, right? Right. <laughs> right. Um but yeah it's I don't know. It's um it's I mean I, I do think that he enjoyed the freedom and obviously, you know, knowing that his stable of people were always around him and always right. willing to kind of step in and, and work. Um but again I think at, at a certain point, like especially as you watch someone like your protege um Scorsese like just you know take off Mm -hmm. i mean like and basically i mean he tells you know you know scorsese gets kind of excruciated by him for making boxcar bertha and everyone's kind of like making fun of him for it and and he's he's about to sign up with corman again to do Mm -hmm. another genre kind of like Mm -hmm. low budget Mm -hmm. and and (laughs) and guys is like don't know this is you made you you spent a year making a piece of shit. now go make what you want go ahead and do something else right (laughs) right Right. this is how it works right yeah
1: (laughs) So I want to throw something out at you. The critic scholar Ray Carney, <laughs> who's at Boston University, who's wrote a bunch, who wrote a bunch on Cassavetes, and I think wrote Cassavetes on Cassavetes with John Cassavetes.
2: <laughs> that's, that's
1: a lot. <laughs> um, he suggests that. Minnie and Moskowitz, A Woman Under the Influence, and Faces make a kind of spiritual trilogy about marriage, which I think is a really interesting way to frame those three movies. Right. Right. We've talked about Faces. We're going to talk about these other two. But I think that is a really interesting way, especially because the order is wrong.
2: Right. 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 Right?
1: Um, But you can see how Minnie and Moskowitz would be the beginning. Right. Right. And then we get a woman under the influence as kind of the the middle piece, and then Faces is, is this disillusioned
0: like finale. Yeah, I I but I do think that as we're going to get into, I do mm-hmm. think that Minnie Mosk- Moskowitz and and a woman under the influence do focus more on their female characters than Faces. Oh yes, does. yeah. I mean, Faces yeah. is is a split time, but I do think um, you know I do think the male narrative drives Faces more. Sure. Than it does in these other movies, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think by the I, you know it's by the time that we get to a woman under the influence, I mean everything that's come before it. This is his fucking masterpiece. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and not only that, but it's Gina's masterpiece yes. as well. Yes, and this is. And did you know there's a there's a four there was an the original yeah. four hour cut of this yeah. film? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Cassavetes is going to you and saying i need to cut this back. it's too hard on the audience i can't imagine (laughs) (laughs) what that four hour yeah but but people who saw it said it was fucking brilliant that it was just amazing
1: um well i mean i tend to think most of this stuff is brilliant amazing anyway so i can't imagine that kind of unfiltered then look at this and how but how hard
0: and again we'll dig into this more i I just wonder where right i just wonder where it was because i mean this was clearly written for Gina. Yeah, well, This yeah. was something, you know, it started out where um they wanted to do I guess Gina was looking for something to do um and they were talking about doing a play. Mhm. And he had written this play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gina was like um, I'll I'll kill myself. Right, I'll I, die. I can't, I can't do this more than two nights in a row. <laughs> what are you <laughs> I'm fucking crazy? Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> and he's like, "All right, I'll make a movie." <laughs> right, but he's also but his his first pitch to her was well, I've got two other plays <laughs> that will fall. And she's like, I don't think you're getting the point. The point is not more of this. <laughs> it's like, this is too much already. And so he took the three plays and made it into yeah. a moment of the influence. Um, yeah, I can't. I, I, yeah, I, And she, I mean, good on her to like, mm-hmm. no, I mean, one, like trying to pull off this sort of. Uh, performance night after night after yeah. night. There's just, no, there's no, like I would imagine that the the shoot that it existed as in and of itself was hard enough to do. Oh, um, yeah. Especially having to film a lot. Because at the end, you know, we watch a movie and you think, okay, well, uh, you watch that scene and that was the scene and it was only, that dinner scene where they're eating spaghetti in the first, in, you know, in the, basically the first, right, spaghetti breakfast. for breakfast at 7 a.m. Uh, took a week to film. They said by the end of that film, by the end of this uh, they had they'd run out of sauce and like the spaghetti was just covered in ketchup. And they were like, "We couldn't eat spaghetti for months after." Oh that. no, no! In fact, and okay, enough, enough. We need to. We need to, we need to we need <laughs> actually talk about these movies rather yes, than talking yes, about the yes, movies. Yes, yeah.
1: <laughs> we need to talk about bottoms before we jump into Casa veggies because I, I think we do want to talk about this because it's a new film. It's brilliant. Um, it fucking rules, okay? So.
2: <laughs> Could the ugly, untalented gays please report to the principal's office?
3: Guess that's you guys. Tonight is our night. We're getting cooch. I'm gonna talk to Brittany. You get that, Isabel. What would I say? Hey, girl, how's your boyfriend? How's his penis? Mira, mira
2: on the Who's the I'm gonna guy?
1: expel you both for committing a crime against Jeff! Get out of the car.
0: You can't tell me what to do! We were just practicing for our self-defense club. It's like, like a fight club? Yes. Just stay in your lane until you're munching beaver at Wesleyan. Yes, sir. What's your plan here?
3: Jeff is psychotic. And they're picking on the weak and defenseless. So we teach a bunch of girls how to defend themselves. They are grateful to us. Adrenaline is
2: flowing. Next thing you know, Isabel and Brittany are kissing us on the mouth.
3: You can be our club advisor.
0: You know, my mom did say I need to pick up a hobby.
2: Welcome to our fucking fight club. Let's get it poppin' in this motherfucker. I want that trophy. To
3: have a safe space like this, it means a lot to people. I'm gonna finally reverse stalk my stalker. Yeah, I'll be able to kill my stepdad. Awesome.
0: He seems so supportive of women.
3: Especially the hot ones. Man-made therapy.
2: Are you
1: cheating on me? No! I literally saw you yesterday. Show, nerd! I fucked your mom! We are
2: literally at the bottom. We have nowhere to go but up. Your club is over. They deserve a shot at showing everybody how fucking cool they are. Oh. Let's go fuck up some football places.
0: I want that trophy. You created a fight club to get some
3: coochie. You yeah,
0: not even know how to work that thing. I know you ain't tickling the pearl. I just don't know if you're supposed to be talking to us like that, just like as a teacher.
1: This is this is bottoms. PJ and Josie are two unpopular, horny, queer, lesbian teenagers. In an attempt to gain the attention of the respected crushes and to get laid, they start a self-defense club. Read female fight club. Everything seems to be going according to plan until their myriad lies are unearthed and they are faced with embarrassment and ruin. They must then work to redeem themselves in the eyes of those they hurt and come to the rescue of those who never really saw them in the first place.
0: Can can I say before we get started, if you haven't seen Bottoms, and I'm assuming most people haven't because it's just not, I mean, it's still in theaters, but it's go fucking see Bottoms. Go see it in the theaters. Please support this film. I mean, not that that's ever going to do anything, but please support this film because it is so fucking good. And this is the type of movie that we should be supporting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shiva Baby was brilliant. This like is, I mean, and again, I, I don't say this with hyperbole. I really believe I mean, this is this generation's Heather's. Yeah, this is this is as good and as subversive and as. You know, I don't know, on point as Heather's mm-hmm. was in mm-hmm. '89 as mm-hmm. this. I mean, and, and so and I, you and I know that gets thrown around. I mean, it, because of Heather's as being what it is, um, I don't think anything's come close to it except for bottoms. Yeah. Um, yeah. As being like one of the best teen movies that really was like exposing shit and like putting a finger on things that weren't being talked about. Right that right. they are now right and it's not even i really
1: hesitate to call it like a teen comedy sure, or a sure. teen teen comedy because it is so meta in its approach to this it is at once a satire of these movies but also a sincere version of these films mm-hmm. it is it is so brilliant to see how it is that it is at one point it is winking at you and the next is taking itself seriously. And you're not really sure when mm. the either is happening. <laughs> right, right. I, that is so hard to pull off. Yeah. It's so hard to pull off. And I know that like... The Apatow comparison and the Booksmart comparison is being thrown around, but I don't think so.
0: I think this is so much smarter than those films. Yeah, I don't—I mean, I get it, but I, but neither but one— But that's of, an easy— But let's take Superbad and Booksmart, which are probably the— like and, uh, As far as the spectrum, Superbad yes. is probably the most— It's, it's the highest-grossing teen film of all time. And Booksmart is one of the first ones to really introduce lesbian protagonists who— are seeking out a lesbian Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. you know in 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 high school um and and but one they are still one super bad you can kind of put in the corner because super bad is just a bro comedy more than anything else i'm not saying it's not good and i'm not saying it has it's good i mean i think sarah is brilliant Mm -hmm. i think there's some really really funny moments in super bad and as an overall comedy i think it really works and as far as like an apatow Driven comedy, I also think it works because it's one of the shorter ones and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It also, but it also, bad doesn't know what to do with its it female's characters, right? They're still sexual objects, and again, this is a movie about high school kids. I get that, and because uh, Bottoms does it, does some of the similar stuff, right? But they, st- but it does it so much better. Yeah. In, in this case, you know Emma Stone and I forget the girl who played Michael Sarah's love interest. Um, they're really just seen as characters to fuel the sexual desire of men. You know, or these young boys, Mm -hmm, anyway. mm -hmm. And so really nothing—they're not really given much to do. I mean, I think it is a breakout performance for Emma Stone, but just because she's so wonderful on screen, right? I mean, it's not really— um, this it's just mainly because she's good. The role's not right. that great for her. Really. Right, she's doing a lot with a little. Right, right, and it's another one of those. It's a weird trope too of like Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Not that I'm saying that that relationship can't happen in real life, but it's a it's a sitcom trope. Well, like I hope of, it never does,
1: considering right. what we've learned about Jonah Hill and women wearing bathing suits and surfing.
0: I don't think Jonah Hill was like. <laughs> I, I think I, I think this like I think well maybe he was always like that coming up in this i think you're this perversion of the hollywood system and mm-hmm. like these of these like w- people who are driven to kind of take advantage of it in mm-hmm. a, in a sense of like but also it, it's this we're in a weird time of this weird like just level period of, just period jason sure. like we're in a weird time but i don't but we're always in a weird time but we're in a weird time <laughs> right. we're in a weird time for like this like level of false allyship, but also oh, this yeah. like this male fragility that exists <laughs> as well. So all of that new age uh double speak that came out from Jonah in his in his <laughs> in his text is messages it his and tyrant, whatever. Is- uh, it's just really bizarre. Yeah. Look, it's a confusing time to be a white guy. Let's just yeah. let's just put it out there. But right? this is interesting. <laughs> you bring this up because <laughs> no. <way. laughs>
1: but we we see some of that in Bottoms too, right? Some of the oh, kind oh, of like
0: no, it's it's whoa, the whole fucking fragility <laughs> thing is is on is on display. Mini therapy, right? <laughs> Look, it's, and so yeah, to put a point to put a pen in the other pieces of it, I think what Bottoms does. Is again, takes all of this. I, I do, I will applaud Book Smart for showing a high school system that I truly hope exists one that's inclusive and one that doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about, um, you know, homosexuality or, mm-hmm. or and, I, and I, I mean, like, really doesn't give a shit, like, just completely ignores, Um. El- is open to gender fluidity. I hope all of that exists, right? I don't necessarily know if it does or not, but I hope that the message there is because you're think, not hanging out around high I'm schools. Definitely not. Good. Uh, <laughs> and, and I the one thing I will say about, but Booksmart still had that sort of like, it couldn't let go of the, we're gonna have the, you know, um, it's Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh, and then there's these fantastical drunk characters mm-hmm. like, that are hyper rich, that kind of undercuts the, and then, and then they've gotta be these people, like real, like brilliant high school set movies don't do that, right they stay grounded. Um, Superbad, for the most part, stayed grounded. Fast Times, Rich, One High stayed grounded. I, you know, these movies, I, I, you know, and say what you will about the John Hughes. And I don't think history has been kind to the John Hughes films. Right. But, I mean, and I'm, I have a soft spot for them because I grew up with well, we them. We grew up, yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, they didn't tell a true story. They told a, a desired story of high school. But right. they also sold a, a really rich white version of high school Um, that had very little concern for any sort of minority characters or characters that were outside of the norm. In fact, they became sort of punching bags and used as jokes. Right, right. Um, The best one, I I think, really, I mean, like, you can argue Pretty in Pink and and Some Kind of Wonderful, which I know you didn't direct, that was Dutch, Um, but Weird Science is probably the one that really kind of, like, works the best as, like, two boys who are just trying to fit in and and, and don't really, uh, you know, I mean, they're still, but they're still, like, highly privileged white kids, right 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 right. <laughs> so it's, it's weird yeah but yeah no i mean like but going back to the headless comparison like bottoms is this like uh hyper realized um surrealist uh version of high school that you really can't ever get comfortable in right because yeah. you because you are presented with a uh we're going to present ourselves as more than we are to get the girls that we want and now these are two girls that want to get the girls that we want so uh, so it's, you know, obviously there's different there, but then, um, but yeah, we're That's the main story. And then everything else around them is just bonkers. It's, right? it's
1: so, I mean, it really is like a parallel universe. I mean, they go to school and everyone is very aware that no one is learning at school, the students, the teachers, that nobody, and nobody cares. And I love this. I mean, I love that kind of approach. And there's a high school homecoming game game coming up against Huntington, but it's been like 25 <laughs> years in the making or something. And, and, and these, this, Huntington is this town that is full of like murderers and thugs and are killing people, but they're not. It's just all this, like,
0: (laughs) everyone just buys into these stories. It's so brilliant. Yeah. It's, I mean, and so the movie starts off with, you know, they go, they're going to a high school fair, a carnival or whatever, right? Homecoming. It's, It's the beginning of the school year, basically. So we start off and we meet our two heroes, right? And they're basically talking about how they want to fuck these two girls in high school. And these this these, is the year. <laughs> and This is the year that we, we we're they're finally get seeing into that. Into that oh, couch. Is so good, right? It's so like good, like that they take they 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 put a spin on all of it, right? <laughs> yes, because it's this is the American Pie setup, right? Oh, we're finally seniors. Right. We're finally gonna get fucked, right. now. We're finally gonna do it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so it's these two nerdy, you know, and nerdy too. too you know, obviously they're dressed up twenty-five-year-olds or thirty-year-olds, 20 right. whatever right. The old they like are. They're 20, 28, like 28. This is a point of contention for me. Because anyway, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, I know, it's, I know. It's,
1: <laughs> it's you're looking at at adult women playing high, school, high schoolers women. and you're conflicted about the level that you find them attractive. Right. And you're like, should I not be finding them attractive? This also, I think, says that what we like nerdy girls? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, what is that? Oh, okay, sure. But, but yeah, but I think again,
0: these movies know that and they play on this suspension of disbelief and like that's, sure. you know, I mean And that's how you get adults to go see it. It's right, creepy. Right. I don't know how to I don't know how to really process it But it's creepy and I realize that I'll just put it at that point anyway. <laughs> Well, okay, yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll show myself out. Yeah, yeah, good.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rest of this podcast will just be another hour and a half of me. <laughs> so they go to the they go to this carnival, this high school carnival, and um they they basically walk in and they're like <laughs> You know, this high school doesn't hate us because we're gay. <laughs> they hate us because we're losers. We're not talented. Because we're we're
1: ugly, untalented, and gay. <laughs> it's right. like but it's again it's so but this goes back to that idea you just said about how they don't it's not really about the being gay. It's just like <laughs> we just don't like that you're a loser. So so the the gay, the queerness of the high school. Is
0: in a way very much accepted, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's the one the other there, yeah, there was the one gay kid who's in theater, who's, and they're like all excited about what everybody, everybody loves, the, loves him, right? right, right. Everyone loves him <laughs> loves you know, with a new show is for the yeah, year, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That was that was good. Um, you know, they obviously have a, a an awkward interaction with the two love interests at the carnival in um, <laughs> a really funny back and forth. Uh, hot dogs are a theme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. no shit! <laughs> right. <Really>? Right. <laughs> Moscow was <laughs> loves hot
0: dogs, and in, in this. <laughs>
1: Film. Right? Senate <laughs> is talking to Kaya Gerber. It's like, let's go get a hot dog. And she's so like, I no bun. he's like, you can eat a bun. You can
2: come on.
0: <laughs> so one of the, one of the girls is kind of a Instagram influencer that they're in love with, um, and the other one is just a cheerleader. Right. Right? She's um, the cheerleader, right? right? I mean, she's the quarterback's girlfriend. And uh, her, you know, and the quarterback is this is obviously a worshipped deity at the high school. Uh, So much so that even all the other high school football players, um, you know, uh, hold him up on a literal, on on a pedestal. pedestal. Um, And he's dating the head cheerleader. They get into a fight. Um, The two girls pick, uh, they they basically offer her a ride home. They offer a safe space. Right. Yes. (laughs) Do you need a safety ride home? (laughs) And then they're even playing on this language, right, of trauma and safety. It's so good. And then the white fragility comes in because this the, the, the football player is out front. And I, I thought this was that uh the it, he looks like the Skarsgard kid who plays um not Skarsgard, but uh the one who plays it, that plays Pennywise in it. He, he looks like a younger version of that okay. guy. I don't know yeah. who he is in real life, but uh he is in the the actor is in that um red,
1: white, and blue and wait. Red and royal blue is that the mm. new film?
0: So he's he's in that. Anyways. Okay. So they tap him with the with their car accidentally, and of course they hit his knee. <laughs> he immediately, I mean, they barely great get his knee, and they, he falls down. And all the other football players are around him. They 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 you know they cradle his head, scream up to the star, <laughs> scream up to the sky about why this is possibly happening. Um, you know, and then they figure out that that a way in is obviously to create this this uh, this group. Uh, that is going to help teach self-defense because these girls have also been at juvie all year long all summer long for some <laughs> It's a rumor that's right. getting passed around that they've been in juvie they, And then Sinit like tosses it
1: off as a joke to one of their like other kind of colleagues slash friends And she's like, oh my god, you're in juvie? And she's like, no, and then it just keeps going and she's like, "Okay, right, let's just like lean into it, right? But again, like it's such a it's such a kind of high school thing too, right? This, this like just running with that lie to kind of keep... I mean not just high school We do this all the time (laughs) But to just kind of like Keep going into that Until it all
0: blows up in your face They sit down in class the next day And in the corner of the class And of course they only have really one class And then they go to gym (laughs) In the corner of the classroom is a caged, <laughs> shirtless football player, which is just obviously a, you know a, a specter of male violence that's always at the ready. <laughs> this movie does so many things like that, and, and 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 and, but it doesn't address them, right? I mean, until it does, right? I mean, right, obviously that right. that that rage. So when they start the Fight Club, eventually it comes out that they. Um, you know they might be frauds, and they weren't really going to juvie, and they're only, they, and it comes out eventually that they're only doing this to get sex. But the and the football player, one of the football players, turns that on them, and then basically tries to expose them as frauds by saying, "Well, you can't even, you know, you, you can fight, but really, what we're going to do is, um and then so they they release this this gigantic huge man to fight the girls to, to, to prove that. That men and women, um, that women can't actually compete with men, and in, in especially in, in physical sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like there's so much stuff like this. It turns out that the lead football player is cheating on the girl on, on on the head cheerleader uh, with the mother of one of the other girls that's in the Fight Club. Kind of this uh, mousey ear girl who's like yeah. kind of like the moral center of the film and who's actually right
1: kind of running the fight club and understands the value of this fight club and what it is actually given to everyone else right right? this kind of camaraderie but also a sense of purpose right a sense of belonging Mm. and a sense of strength i
0: think yeah and then in the midst of all this, you're throwing in Marshawn Lynch, as who's a, a going through a divorce. <laughs> he's a gym teacher who's going through divorce. Oh, he's their biology Oh, that's right. He's I biology don't know teacher.
1: what he is because then they talk about
0: feminism in class. Right. <laughs> so. He's just their only teacher, right? <clears throat> um... And, and then when he gets pissed off and talks about how feminism is a lie and, like, he, t- he changes all of the, all of the classroom Amelia stuff. Amelia Earhart is a
1: fake hero. Lots of <laughs> men flew planes and d- <laughs> didn't crash.
2: <laughs> oh, man. This
1: movie is so good. It's so, so it, good. It really is. There And there's a lot of—there's so much to miss, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to watch this multiple times to catch everything because there's—at one moment when— Everyone else in the Fight Club figures out what what our two heroes have been doing. Um, a, a black girl stands up and she's like, "This is just like second wave feminism all over again," right? <laughs> and just walks up. And I'm like, and 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 just I like laugh so loud. I was the only one laughing at that line in the theater. Um, there were only like three people in there, but it, yeah, at the time. But it, I mean, lines like that that come so fast and then are gone. Yeah, so good um and again marshawn lynch really clever the, the kaya gerber and havana rose lou are sort of like the two crushes mm-hmm. right and there's and i'm sure that people caught this but again something else that i just thought was really smart was where um kaya gerber's like no one no one knows that i like worked really hard and i have my own like jewelry business i have this and i have that and was like really she's like yes yeah, see <laughs> and then when Havana Lou goes back to Jeff, our quarterback, right? She breaks up with him and then ends up back with him. Kaya Kerber goes, well, my identity is tied to her. And just, and I was, completely it's disappears. so <laughs> smart. It's just, but it's so smart. And yeah. it's so really astute in, in its perception of, of not just high school age, m- young women and, and men, but kind
0: of everyone. Yeah, I, I mean, all of it, all of it, mm-hmm. all of this, like every trope that they take down every is, you know, from the from the big game to the the hated rival to the football team that really doesn't do anything to, to um, you know, the the elongated bloody gory fight sequence mm-hmm, you know where mm-hmm. our heroes finally you know and our whole girl fight club kind of takes back and, and realizes it, i think it, you killed that guy <laughs> was like yeah. yeah yeah no he's dead he's he's definitely dead <laughs> um uh, it, uh, there's i think there's a, a few things to fall i think but i think a lot of things that are that are default mainly fall on just again it's it's it's, it's a hard line to balance oh, a yeah. perfect yeah. comedy in, in the yeah. in this sense so like and you only have a limited budget, and so like a lot of the people that they got that were in the film were local hires that the, where they were filming. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. not every not every bit I think works hundred percent, but the, but I mean that's really yeah. honestly it's it's, it's a, such a small part because everything else is so smart about this movie. Again, like seeing it so many times, like wanting to see it again, and it's not available on streaming yet. Um, but there's so much like even in the background from the posters and the walls and like and, and just the shit that's written yeah. <laughs> down the chalkboard and things like that. I know right
1: and you're just trying to read everything and you can't there's so much there there's right. so and so much thought went into that and the like Sistine Chapel painting, right, of the, <laughs> yes. the quarterback reaching out to touch the football. <clears throat> it's it's great. And, I mean, she had so much more money to do this film than she did Shiva Baby. Um, I read that th- th- there's a great article in the latest issue of New York Magazine that talks uh, or that is kind of a profile on all three of these um, main components. That sounded objectifying, but I think you know what I mean, of, of Seligman, Sinan, and, and, and Etta Berry, who all went to Tish together. Mm-hmm. They were or around the same time. And so Sennett was in the short film, Shiva Baby, and then did the feature. And so she and Seligman became close and they started talking about this like at that point. So they have been working on it for a while. they meet like once a week to to work on the script. And then Seligman figured out that Sennett knew Eda Berry and she's like, that's who I want is Josie, you know her, cool. <laughs> and so it all kind of came together, the three of them, and they were talking about how they were working on, like, the crew were these forty and fifty year old teamsters, and they were like, mm, most of them were nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You know, these three women kind of telling them what to do. Like, most of them were were really lovely. Um, but I like that. So something that I think is is interesting about this too is that Seeligman identified as bisexual but then she stopped dating men so i guess she would identify as a lesbian but um the other two won't be pinned down on their Mm -hmm. sexual identity which i think again like not not complicates the film but isn't saying like oh we're two straight women playing like gay women right Right. their their whole thing is like why does it matter why do you care how we right identify in this way just like
0: leave it alone I heard one criticism of the film is that it doesn't <clears throat> quite go hard enough on the sex scenes uh, or the one lesbian sex scene. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. What do, you, do you have a take on I mean, like so, what's your take? so I didn't – I'll give you Seligman's take. And, and she, I think Seligman's take is my take. I think well, it's – well, it's so – go ahead. She wasn't was – she but.
1: didn't feel confident
0: in showing it. She didn't
1: think she could show it well enough, mm-hmm. so she didn't. Th- but but I think that is has been—I think she's aware of that criticism, too, and that's her—I mean, look, I, I don't know. I mean, my take is that it's implied, and I think that's
0: fine. I think if it goes further, do you risk this kind of male gaze? Right, and that's my take, right, is that so many times, and such historically that these—like, if you take blue as a woman's color, for example, mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. like, you, how can you not think that that's made for the male gaze? Well, and it turns out it was. Right, right, right. right. Um, and so you risk a, a, uh, you, I think you risk changing. And and, and again, I, I think I, well, I need to finish my thought. I think you risk damaging your film if you go too far with that. I get the sentiment that we need to break boundaries there, mm-hmm. but honestly, I don't really know. Like, again, I appreciate Cinnamon's, uh, lack of confidence in that case and and, and caution because, um, because, of, because we I – mean, look, this is not something that hasn't been portrayed on film right. for a really long time right. and f- specifically for salacious reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And also if you go back to – like if we are categorizing this as a teen film and that's something we want – like again, you talk – Heathers is meant for – to punch Hughes in the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's meant to take those rich white – ideals mm-hmm. and fuck them up and, mm-hmm. and david lynched them i mean essentially um and so to this extent i think you do want bottoms to be a teen film i do think this is something that should reach out to to and i think it will um but i don't but if you look at the films that have sexuality and explicit sexuality in them specifically the hughes films i mean they're all about the male gaze right i mean right. like the opening shower scene in 16 candles is nothing other than objectifying a girl like um, and so I think that it's a, I don't think it's necessary in this case. Right. 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 I think that's one of the things I think book smart did a really good job with is the, mm-hmm. the, the, the kind of fumbling, awkward initial sex scene, um, was, I think handled really well yeah. in book smart. I think this woman was fun. I think it was nice. I think it was, I mean, and I, again, I didn't want it to, I just, I wouldn't want it to be that moment of the movie that's replayed over and over and over again because we get to see two girls go at it i think that's right. i mean like it just undercuts everything we're trying to accomplish with um you know but i also get the point but i mean i, I just don't i don't know like i don't think we're in an era of let's display sexuality in this sense yeah. to kind of progress some sort of because again we've portrayed sexuality in such poor terms historically in films mm. that it's only it's it's, it's going to take something um really transgressive to like to kind of or you know progressive to to, to move the needle in, yeah. a, in a positive way because again we as we try to do it or you think you're trying to do it in something like blue is a woman's color ends up just being subverted for but yeah you're just going to fast forward to the good parts part. just like, you know <laughs> and, and i don't mean, quote he, he meant quote unquote good parts. right right yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't mean to, i mean i'd say that lay Sadu and adele x are
1: two of our most underrated actors working today. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) That was my Sean Penn moment. (laughs) But but I think. (laughs) What's funny about their names? (laughs) I think there's a callback in this film to that where at at the end of the film to provide a distraction, um, Sennett kisses another girl and everyone's kind of looking. And then Kaya Gerber, who was Sennett's crush, goes, oh, yeah, I'm not gay, I just like gay porn. But I think that is a kind of reference to this, oh, you want to watch this thing, all right? You want to sort of see this. And I really, again, that was something smart that you can think just applies to her, but then it's like everybody else. Um, And I think showing too much of the sex scene, you run the risk of now becoming like Revenge of the Nerds.
0: Right, right, right. Especially because of the whole conceit. I mean, that's where I'm sure you were going, right? Is that yeah, these girls exactly. are lying to me, exactly right there, and so they're setting up two other girls, um, based yeah. on false presences, which I kind of bristle at a little bit because I feel like I feel like we're the pendulum swinging too far into this idea of like we've got to completely be ourselves, and we got to complete. I, mean, I, yeah. I, like, I feel like the criticism is, is, a, is a bizarre kind of misplaced one where. We can't put on a better. Ver- I mean, look again. I'm not saying lie. I'm not saying go out right. and do the MTV pickup right. artist bullshit. Right, right. right. I'm, I'm not. But this idea that teenagers would try to learn French to get you know sit next to a girl in French right. class. Right. I think that's I, that's a little. I think it's a little silly to start picking apart one oh, I, I, yeah. uh, the motivations of youth to get sex. Yeah. Let's. I mean, look. I want all of it to be <laughs> consensual. Right. <laughs> right. And I don't. Right. But but I but I, I hesitate to say that. You know, we can't, you know, yeah, I know, I know I, we, we, we can't embellish a little or right. Or, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Do you you know that every time I tell a story and I tell the same stories over and over, folks, it gets bigger and bigger each time and I make more and more stuff up. Right. right? I, I, I accomplish more and more each time I tell these stories. So
0: Brock's not really seven foot three.
1: It's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> now, you know, now, you know just a couple more details about i think really the making of this film no one would agree to product placement deals
0: that's nice <laughs> which is which is so
1: 2023 right to think uh, of yeah. think of any corporation and how many corporations have floats and pride parades but won't
0: put their products in this film oh you're saying that the, no one would agree to put their products in the movie i got yeah. i got you yeah yeah what do you think i meant? like mm. toys <laughs> no, I meant I thought you meant that uh, cinnamon like the, the turn down product place. Oh no, no okay. <clears throat> so I mean this is something
1: else that's really interesting about this film too is that time frame is never I mean it's set in current times, but there is no technology. Right, right, right. You can look at the cars, and you're like, okay, that's that's a recent model car, so you can sort of figure <laughs> that out. But right. that, like, there's only one cell phone, and it's a flip phone, mm-hmm. right? But there's no iPhones, there's no Android, and there's nothing, nothing. <laughs> which, which again, I love because it's this kind of like nebulous. This is where we are, right? I mean, just kind of wherever it is is where it is. But also, a lot of the first choice locations Seligman wanted to shoot in, she got turned down or like sure. pushed away because the New Orleans. Archdiocese, read an article in W Magazine.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) Those are words I thought I'd hear (laughs) today. Right. And so they pushed back on all this. They kind of wielded their influence to sort of get them, you know, turned down. So they they ended up shooting at like an, an, an abandoned elementary school and a small HBCU.
0: At a certain point, do you not like money? <laughs> I know, I know, like, I know. You know it's going to get done, right? I mean, like you know it's going to get done. So why not take the right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just,
1: I just. But again, like this is the year of our Lord, twenty twenty three, and we're like, oh my God, girl on girl action. I'm so sorry, we can't, we can't abide by that. <laughs> right? <laughs> At and T and Apple are going to have their their floats in your gay pride parade, but you can't use our stuff. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Here's a question that I want to ask you about this. Well, not really about this film, but about these three. What's next? And what I mean is, are they going to keep making weird, cool shit, or are they going to get gobbled up by the IP monster?
0: Cinnamon, you mean? Or these these All actresses? three of them, yeah. Um... I mean, hopefully not. Yeah, because... Right, I mean, like... Edna Beery has a, a
1: shoot for Marvel's Thunderbolts or something. She's going to be... She's going to do something for that after the
0: strike. I'm okay with the actresses... Dab- yeah, I'm okay with them doing Cassavetes, right? I'm okay with them doing the Dirty yeah, Dozen. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. As long as they come back and do Bottoms Up. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the sequel. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't imagine... I mean, like I don't know. You you take someone uh, like Elizabeth Banks, um, who produced this. film. I mean, her company, produced her company this film, yeah. produced it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, what this symptom. I don't. I mean, like again, I, w- I would think that the. Um, I don't know you because you, oh, again you see uh, Bambi and you see Chronicles of Narnia and right. and. Um, I, I just I, I I don't know. I don't know if you know. Um, I hope not. I guess is my answer to that question. Well, I that's hope that the right I, answer. I hope that they stick to personal storytelling, and I hope that something then breaks out. Right. I mean, like <clears throat> take what you. I mean, like you know, where Banks kind of breaks out with Pitch Perfect or something mm-hmm. along those mm-hmm. lines. Mm-hmm. Where you mm-hmm. and then you can make things that speak to you. Because I mean, like if you look at Banks's, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of her work, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm a huge fan of her being an, a, an actress. I think yeah. she's funny. I think she works really well with like when she's with the state guys or anything like that. But um, but like I don't find her sensibilities as a director all that intriguing. Like Charlie's Angels really didn't have much going for it. I don't. I did not find Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear to me was Snakes on a Plane. It is a it is a title of a movie that sounds like it's going to be fun, and then you actually get wasn't stimulating. Right. It's just yeah. It's just not. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the come down after the movie was. Harsh. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and I kept having to watch it over and over again more and more times um, in order to get the same sort of thrill from it just watching it once. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. No, but I mean, like, I don't know, like, to me, I would rather see Elizabeth Banks in front of the, in front of the camera. Um, instead of behind it. Instead of behind it doing something that's that's funny and not getting an there's more money and there's more control. But, um, I, and again, I don't necessarily find, like, her, her keep going, keeping going back to the well of Pitch Perfect and, and I understand why because there's money behind it. But, I don't find Cocaine Bear or Charlie's Angels to be particularly yeah. compelling personal <clears throat> stories. Now, again, I don't know if that's what she wanted to do, but but cinnamon coming from Shiva Baby and Bottoms. I hope that there's more stories being told here. I hope that she gets some sort of avenue on Netflix or something to do, kind of a um, you know a, a Wes Anderson bombach type of you know female version of those guys who get to do the stories that they want to tell over yeah. and over and over again. Because I mean, she's really clearly. Italian, this should be kind of an Apatow... Like, the best bet would be for her just to kind of go the Apatow route, mm-hmm. is to write so start mm-hmm. building and, and building on and getting more and more budgetary, um, you know, higher budgets for each of her movies coming out so she can do more and more and more. Yeah. So, and she can do her own version of This is 40, <laughs> <laughs> which would be and. and, and <laughs> I never watched that. Um, it sounded awful, so I just yeah. I just decided I'm not a big fan of like. And again, as we go into <laughs> and Moskowitz and, and A Woman Under the Influence <laughs> yeah. of like these like pseudo comedic films that are that are like supposedly slice of life real like like because uh-huh. it's very like if you look at Cassavetes, it's not it's I mean what he does well is not what those guys do well. You can take something like Rob Reiner's um, This Is Us, that mm. awful Michelle Pfeiffer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Willis film. These and and then even like the Vince I forget who directed it but that Vince Vaughn um, Jennifer Aniston the breakup of, oh right, it's just right, like right. these movies that like try to make you laugh in this sense of like uncomfortable negativity like it's a hard it's a hard thing to pull off which I think going back to bottoms one last point before we got off yeah. of bottoms to go before we get off of bottoms <laughs> and uh, go into Castaevetis is that. I think it's what cinnamon does so well here is makes a good movie while also sending up the movies that she's trying to make right because this is a solid feel good funny film and it's not just because they're poking fun at the shit that came before it and so like it's the same thing again I keep going back to Heather's it's the same thing of Heather's these are these movies that it it knows its boundaries and it knows, but it knows first and foremost, it's gotta tell a good story. It's gotta tell a compelling story. And our two leads are wonderful. Oh, the two love interests so have agency and they're wonderful together. And then everything else, I mean like, like it's a fucking godsend that you find Marshawn Lentz who can who can improvise. Did you know that whole sequence when they're in the first when they're sitting in the car and they're talking about their lives together and how what their future lives are gonna be and she's gonna marry a guy who's in the closet? <laughs> that nice. whole was improvised by her. Well, they are hilarious. Yeah. The two of them are so funny. Yeah. Did you have you watched
1: <clears throat> excuse me. Have you watched any of the Io and Rachel or single hmm. shorts? Not yet. Oh my they're brilliant. They are I just I can't. I don't have enough superlatives to talk about how good they are. <laughs> they are so smart and so sharp and the two of them play so well together. Um but it's like that 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 scene
0: is like one of those shorts. It's so it's so good. Like, but the kids know something soft. I mean so <laughs> yeah, she has they're, they're sitting there talking but they're lamenting their lives because they went up and they've shot their shot with their the 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 girls that they wanted to, and they to get missed. with. And they miss, so they're in their car lamenting their lives, and lamenting their senior year for sure. And Io starts to go off about how she's gay, but she's going to marry a closeted straight boy, and they're going to go off and have kids, and the kids are going (laughs) to know something's (laughs) off. And and it's like this five-minute-long monologue that she completely improvises, and it's just—it's awesome. Awesome. It's great, yeah. So check out Io and Rachel. Rachel are single. It
1: aired on Comedy Central for like a season, but these are like five-minute like skits, and they're just. And they're, yeah, they're brilliant. Um, so, yeah, go see Bottoms, everybody. Um, and let us know how right we were about the brilliance <laughs> of that film. <laughs> tell us how good we are. Yeah, tell us how smart we are. Okay, Jason, are you ready to talk about Minnie and Ma- yeah,
0: Moskowitz?
3: About- <laughs> I keep saying Moskowitz. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, same Minnie here. And let's Moskowitz. talk about the
0: Disney fi- feature, Minnie Moskowitz. <laughs> if this were a Disney cartoon.
3: John Cassavetes has a continuing love affair with people, he finds them fascinating. Now he reaches into the crowd and picks a couple of rare originals. Seymour Moskowitz. Minnie Moore. Minnie and Moskowitz. It's that kind of a love story. Jenna Rollins is Minnie. Get more aroused, more willing to give it myself. Seymour Cassell is Moskowitz. When I first looked at you, uh, I said, that, there she is. That's the girl. The reviewers and critics just flipped. Comments, Time Magazine, one of 1971's 10 best pictures. One of the few movies in recent times that could be called joyous. (laughs) nuts. You're absolutely nuts. From the Saturday Review, Minnie is the best made of the Cassavetes films. It is also the warmest. It's mainly being alone that that makes me so irritated. From Newsweek, magnificent performances. Seymour Cassell is splendid. You got a way of looking down on. Me, of thinking that you're better than A. Actually, you're just a girl with good looks. Says New York's Q magazine. Jenna Rowland's extraordinarily appealing. I wish she'd make a million films. Let me see that face again. Seymour, it's not the right face. That's not the face I dreamed of. That you're not the guy I'm in love with. The New York Daily News. Four stars. A human, very funny comedy. You want to marry this bum? Go ahead and marry him. Get in the car. No. Get in the no. car. No. 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 Get in the car. No. And from Mademoiselle Magazine, it's a masterpiece of wackiness. No sense of you. Absolutely none. Yeah, well, you're disgusting. You have something that belongs to me. No, listen, no, no. people are screamingly funny. No. stop it! Painfully funny, achingly funny. I mean, it just happened, Minnie. I, I mean, it started and it just happened, I don't know. Don't you understand that it's not there, Seymour. It just isn't there. Says Newsday, Minnie and Moskowitz is the best American movie of 1971 because of what it is and what it represents.
1: All right. Depressed and jaded after being dumped by her married boyfriend, aging beauty Minnie Moore wonders if she'll ever find love. After shaggy-haired parking lot attendant Seymour Moskowitz comes to her defense from an angry and rebuffed blind date, he falls hopelessly in love with her despite their myriad differences. I've used myriad twice today. I'm sorry. Minnie reluctantly agrees to to a date with Moskowitz, and slowly but surely, an unlikely romance
0: blossoms between the two. If there is going to be a deciding factor why someone listened or not listened to this podcast, you saying myriad once is going to be it. (laughs) Hey, I'm. I do what I can. I, I, Did that fucking guy just say myriad <laughs> t- twice. <laughs> this shit. That's it. That is I've, heard, it? I've, heard, I've heard. that word somewhere
2: else.
0: <laughs> it was this goddamn podcast. <laughs> Fuck this <laughs> shit. i out. This, this
1: guy thinks he's smart. I got a um, yee-haw
0: on my goddamn license plate. Uh, I don't Bill, listen to this shit. Bill Hicks was right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I derailed you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no, that was so. That was it. But he, so here's I. I'm going to throw this in now, I think, because I think this film does it the most. There are, and maybe all of Cassavetes' films, seem to be about how men fail women over and over and over and over and over again. And I think in this one, all we see is many, is Gina Rowlands being failed by every male in her life at every turn. Yeah. You know, despite the kind of perceived or or shown happy ending of this film, which is kind of a flash <laughs> forward and, and right, in a in right. a in a party in the backyard with kids and family. Right. And it <laughs> looks great, but so much of it is just her being her not not doing anything wrong and being failed. Well, she by doesn't her. know how tall and lovely she is. She doesn't. She doesn't. I mean, I said to myself, this is this is her. This is the girl.
0: <laughs> Do you know? Do you know how tall and lovely you are? <laughs>
1: You got great skin. I, it, d- <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is a lot coming from that guy.
1: Dude, I have to t- I have to tell you a story. Sorry. So I used to hang out in this kind of like, you know, very blue collar, like, you know, beer and whiskey joint. And uh, it was like right behind where we all went to high school. And so we all ended up drinking there. I'm not kidding. Right. Right? And then, so
0: this, going back to Brock's previous statement, he used to hang out behind a bed, bath and beyond. Because <laughs> that's, yes, yes, yes. That's <laughs> <what I did. laughs> behind the dumpster.
1: It was fine. It was fine. Um, and so like we all drank there it was, it was populated by the doomed Anyway We're all We're all hanging out one night We're probably like 22, 23 years old And there was this regular there Whose name was Dale Dale was like 5 foot 1 Was a kind of biker Big beard Always wore a bandana Anyway My friend She was up at the bar Ordering a drink And Dale walks up And says to her You got pretty elbows <laughs> and, and that was it there's the story. Did it work? It did not. Yeah. Um, Dale. Dale was in his fifties. That's not and, the first um, time Dale has said that, though. So you've seen, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Dale. And this is like I don't mean to sort of talk poorly about Dale, but you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? You know mm-hmm. the the yeah. dwarf Dale yeah. looked like that guy. Okay. I mean, really. So, <laughs> so he had a he good could ad- only see the elbows. Right. He had a good advantage on the elbows. But he wasn't a dwarf, is what I'm trying to get at. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just going to dig a hole here. Anyway. The, Moskowitz the has the a big mustache of, which also made me think <laughs> of I should
0: give get my ladder. <laughs> Dale's not climbing out. Dale's, no. No, not even with his face. <laughs> uh yeah, sorry.
1: Go ahead, Seymour. you going you were explaining Seymour, No, no, Seymour no, I was Cussell, I was so. I was talking I was talking about how like <laughs> men fail all these or yeah, men fail the women in Cassavetes films and especially this film. And then we started talking about how, you know, she was tall and lovely and like wonderful skin and then I Sorry, talking about elbows. Some, I'm very sorry. It's my fault.
0: No, no, no. Um, it's both of our faults, if it's any of us. It's, we go in this hand in hand, elbow <laughs> and elbow, and we, 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 we march forward. Pretty elbow uh, to pretty elbow. <laughs> um, luckily, we both know how tall and lovely we each are so that we can move forward properly. Uh, also, I'm taller. Uh, you are. And and this movie, um, <laughs> again, talking about like a – it's so hard to – describe these films and it's so hard to kind of like set expectations for pe- for people who don't know Cassavetes yeah. films because really there are no films like it even the imitators there's no films like it like i mean like we talked about how Mikey and Nikki is the best Cassavetes film that Cassavetes didn't do right that's probably the closest uh, you know that you're going to get and mm-hmm. even that doesn't have that cinema verite feel that Cassavetes has. Like May was a more of a meticulous film. Like she obviously, when I say that, it's kind of weird to say. Yeah, I know, because, I know. But she, I mean, yeah, she's in the camera role, But I mean, she also uh, had a more Hollywood style of filming her films. Yeah. For Cassavetes, this is you feel like you're dropped in, and you're you're not. Like what I love about this is that you know. <laughs> Uh, is that Seymour goes to these films and they and they and like and Minnie goes to they they are obviously connoisseurs of films. But we get these like very ridiculous short brief, you know, where a no, where a normal filmmaker would you know give you a whole scene of what they were watching. Yeah, you get this bizarre snippet. snippet of Maltese Falcon and the bizarre snippet of Casablanca. And but it's it,
1: the comments we get about the films, right? right? Where yeah. Gina Rounds or Minnie's like films lie to you it's just an illusion right which is just such a great i think like is almost like fuck you to everyone expecting a conventional sort of thing yeah right
0: yeah the movies are a lie (laughs) and it's and it's not even altman-esque where there's like mapping you know multiple layers of dialogue you'll just get cut off in the middle of a sentence yeah stuff you'll just or in the middle of a thought. This is so real life that we just bounce around and we're cut out of scenes when we we want to follow characters further right. on. Well, I, I love too that I mean, Seymour at,
1: at the end of this open this long, like opening kind of like prologue, goes to see his mother and, and, and she's like, What? What do you need? What do you, you need money? And he just goes, I'm going to California.
0: Cut. Right. <laughs> and then you're like <laughs> It's it's yeah, it really is like as much as you're willing to give Cast that like and go along with the ride, right? It really is jarring, and it's it. it and and this feels like we're like, like you're going from faces to husbands, and black and white to color. Um, I mean, this feels like the the further on transition from from husbands, right? This feels like him getting kind of control back over the editing. Mm-hmm. Where husbands still seems like it's the more studio-friendly picture, even though this one was supposed to be geared towards that, right? right. And even though studios had no idea how to market this or what no. to do with it. Um, but, yeah, you—I mean, like, it seems like you're taking a, a you know, a, a concerted step in his evolution from, um, you know, as a filmmaker, going into this movie and, and kind of getting into that—and, and, and, you know, and studios at this point are coming off of Easy Rider and, and other types of, like, kind of, like, avant-garde hippie culture, and which is why— Probably this gets greenlit in the first place is you've got Cassell and you've got this idea of this kind of counterculture that exists in, in the underbelly. Um, although this is not what this movie is about. This nope. is about a going on middle aged woman. You know, and middle aged is maybe too harsh, but you know, um, she's definitely out. Uh, you know, she's coming into her forties, yeah. and she's uh, wondering about like being alone and feeling alone, and what is it going to be like, kind right. of like going forward too. And and it, you know, so do you see this movie as a comedy? not really (laughs) no but 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 it is in ways
1: funny i mean i think cassell's acting is so big and it's sometimes cartoonish or buffoonish but i don't think it really ever falls into the comedy setting because it is so
0: harsh as well well all of the men in this are so quick to anger. Like yeah. It's, it just feels like like everybody in the 70s was just willing uh. to snap at a moment's notice. It was like like with the gas crisis. They're like, is that really on edge? Like yeah. They, like they seemingly, ha- and which is crazy too, because they seemingly have these... You know, great lives were on these like on these minuscule jobs that they have. You know, where they're living in, <laughs> in relatively nice places. To well,
1: live. well, yeah. This is. I mean, Minnie is a is a curator at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Seymour is a parking attendant whose r- only real dream is to get a more steady job <laughs> in a bigger parking garage. Not a, not
0: a, not a not a restaurant because if people don't like the food, don't like the food, and, and
1: that affects me. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: A guy who hasn't thought like, this is this is an extension of him in Faces, right? He's not yeah. a surfer anymore, but this this right. is an extension right. of his character in Faces, where this is a guy who has not thought two seconds ahead of the current right. and the current doesn't situation. want to, right.
1: And, right? and and doesn't think anyone else should either. I mean, he even tells Minnie, "You take yourself too seriously. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like lighten up, lady." Right? right. So yeah, no, he is very much this kind of like carefree, kind of do what he wants. Look, and really, what he wants is just a hot dog.
0: But but going back to like explaining this movie that is called Minnie and Moskowitz, um, it's 13 minutes in before we, we get the credits. Minute. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 40 minutes in before they meet. Yep. This is a two hour, this is one of the shorter Casavetes films. <laughs> this is a two hour film, a movie about two people. They don't meet until just about the hour yep. mark. Yeah. It's bonkers, like it's yeah. crazy. That opening sequence where and that was cut from I think the original yeah. theatrical version, right? Okay. Yeah, the opening sequence. And what's the what's the what's the actor's name who plays Morgan Morgan? Timothy Carey. Yes, Timothy Carey. I knew it was. I was gonna say I knew it was Timothy, and I, I was. That whole sequence is so fucking brilliant and so unscripted, and like it's just that guy going on. I could watch that for two over hours and over and over. Yeah. It is so so. so uh, uh Seymour gets off of his job parking cars, he goes in to get something to, he's, he's got a hot dog a of beer and a coffee at this local <laughs> diner, and he's sitting down next to this guy. Uh, and he's just and this guy is just taking up space in this diner. And he goes off on this five-minute soliloquy about, in, 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 you know, just kind of ribbing uh, ribbing Seymour, calling him his son, telling him he can't get his jackets off because his <laughs> elbow's gotten too fat. Um, <laughs> and then talking about how he's gotten fat and, like, he's, uh, you know, he's skinny up or he's big up top and skinny down. Yeah. Know, his legs are skinny. Yeah. And he starts do, going into this poem. And, like, he's he's annoying Seymour Cassell with all of his stories. And um, this guy is – and he's, like, sweaty and gross. Oh, and, like, just, he's just, like <laughs> – He's just so He has a
1: distinct face anyway. Right. And even more so when you sweaty and grow.
0: But the and, and the waitress comes over and she's like, I need this table, I need this table and like he keeps asking her for like water with clots yeah. of ice and yeah. a toothpick. He's like, I lose teeth in this place, actually guys, I can charge you. <laughs> And Seymour tries to give him a dollar so he can buy something to eat, and like he picks up a hot dog off Seymour's plate, plate and eats it. He tries to give him a dog. he's like, "No, I can't. I can't take this dollar." And, and, and he starts reciting this poem, which is a brilliant, beautiful poem. And then the waitress comes back, and he and he, he's like, "You have uh, you have a lot of freckles on your face. I like that. My wife, my ex-wife had freckles all over her ass. And that's the end of his fucking scene. That's the, <laughs> that's the end it. of his scene. That's it.
1: I also love when when Cassell starts just kind of." meandering through different bars and sort of like popping in different places and at one... And using... uh, Your elbows are pretty lined, basically. Yeah, yeah, no, I love this where he stops this Hey, when he's like, hey, do you remember me? Do you remember me? Don't you know me? Don't you know me? And finally he's like, that's right, you don't know me and just walks away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this like weird... Like, again, and you really never get why this is happening. He's just instigating. He yeah, in, yeah. the same thing with um um it was in, it's the same thing in in, in Mikey and Nikki. Yeah. Um, and yeah, when Castvetti you know, starts poking people at right, the bar. Right. Right. Um and uh Yeah, and we'll get to Yeah, I thought about that scene exactly when when he gets chased out (laughs) And so yeah, he's just provoking people because he really has nothing better to do. And and like the whole funniness of of like, do you remember me is that Cassell is this long haired blonde with a fucking handlebar mustache that's like it's crazy, a walrus mustache. It's like eating his face. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so there's no way you could possibly not Not, know Not not, not, remember him. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. no, I don't remember you. That's right. And right, you don't know me and so he goes to California um, and then immediately starts parking cars in California. <laughs> and uh, and, th- and then we meet Minnie and Minnie goes on a blind date and um, This with, and this is after an uncredited Casavetes, who's playing her married right, boyfriend like, Smacks the shit out of her. All right. She's she's is, she's in love with a married man who's played by Casavetes, and she was out all night um, with her girlfriend drinking um, and cause she didn't have anything to eat. All she had was wine. So mm-hmm. she, they were drinking. She came home early in the morning, uh, after being dropped off by this cab and Cassavetes was waiting for her and then just beats the ever living shit out of her. And then she comes back in and and like, and then like, like it's nothing to him. And he goes and gets him a drink, gets them both a drink. She comes back and she's beating on him and he's kind of laughing it off. And then they, End up well, in bed. Right, they end yeah. up to bed together and he leaves back to he's his He's kind his of life. like toxic, codependent, abusive relationships. I, I do find it interesting that Cassavette is kept in that angle of the story because it does not focus on Minnie or Moskowitz, really. Right. It does, and he's uncredited in this gym role. Yeah. Um, but he comes, at, su- at a certain point, he goes back, he, he goes, goes back to home. his home yeah. after he's been out with Minnie, or he's been in Minnie's apartment. And his wife basically knows what's up, yeah. and he's trying to make small talk and trying to try to to laugh it off. And he's talking to his kids, and the kids come in and it's like, "Hey, mom's crying on the bathroom floor," and evidently she's tried to kill herself. So mm-hmm. later on, it comes back into play where Jim goes <laughs> to her, her goes to the museum, brings his eldest son, so the eldest son can make witness to him yeah. breaking up with Minnie in front of a Warhol. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Which is, I, I mean, I, I get. I get that that last section of it. I guess it's a weird section to me to keep in the the kind of the 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 kid scene and the the mom committing suicide. Yeah, I, I, because again, you see how abusive he is to her, and like I don't necessarily know what that scene really added to the story in in into in Minnie and Mosca' a story. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't really know what mm-hmm. that added to their story
2: because
0: mm-hmm. uh, you, you could have done what you could have done with him hitting her after she comes home, and then. Him coming to, and and this and this scene could have stayed intact. He could have said, "Look, my wife tried to commit suicide without having to go back to his house and see."
1: Because then, yeah, we take the focus off of. Is that that's the only time we're with a different character, other than those two, right? Yeah, Yeah. on their own, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think he's just. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe he. He Maybe he really liked his face. (laughs) <laughs> well, he mean, was like, you know what? I'm giving good face to the camera. I'm going to stay. It's man. funny,
0: too, because, like, you do kind of get that sense. Because when it when you see him, mm-hmm. like, I, I, and it's it's weird that he's not credited. Um, but when you see him, he's so striking and, like, yeah. domineering in the camera frame. Yeah. Like, this is a regular-looking dude. If you were to I pass know, him on the street, you would you not, not double-take at all. No, no. But, like, when you see him on camera... It's just this kind of steely-eyed, like, for and like he's not a big guy either. No, he's but it's, it's, he's it's a tiny. I mean, really, yeah. But he's and he's got this. <laughs> Let's see.
1: His eyes are pretty. This is cliche, but they're pretty piercing. Yeah, and yeah. he's got this kind of off-kilter way of looking at always people, His head's tilted all the way. It's
0: just askance, right? And like, it's so magnetic. He's and, a lot like Falk in that way. Yeah. That Falk that kind of has that kind of, I'm going to make myself smaller, but kind of like still have a very commanding presence yeah. kind of
1: thing. Yeah, and kind of half look at you like I'm sizing you up. i ready to
0: just, <laughs> like, like a, you're trying to figure out, can this guy kick my ass? I don't, maybe? <laughs> right. Yeah. That idea of like he's never really comfortable in his own skin and kind of just like always itching to fucking... And that's again the thing with the, the, everybody in this movie is they're always itching to fight. They're always itching. They fly off at a handle in a moment's notice. Yeah. They're always put upon in some way. And I feel like this had to have been how the '70s were like, and how people yeah. were in general. Like these indignities that they felt like that were thrust upon them by service industry people or people that they felt that were lower than you know lower than them. There was always some sort of um, you know how could he be possibly doing this to me? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that whole sequence of like it does feel like the camera lingers on Cassavetes a little bit when he's on frame in that first moment like he's because he does this like weird like almost like a Godfather esque chair twirl like because he's kind of like in a you see him from the side and he kind of turns like to the camera puts a drink tank. <laughs> right yeah. right and then just goes directly into slapping her um kind of a side note to thats that story um obviously he didn't slap her in real life and, and like <laughs> but the but the way that the the shot was framed and the way that the crew was standing they actually did think he slapped oh. her so it's like and Gina was like you know we know each other. i mean like so like when the crew went to we know go, each other it's cool when the crew went to go pick up gina they held cassavetes back oh wow really yeah and like and like she kind of milked it for a minute too and then she, she was like gave in but like, i would imagine that she gave him a ton of shit oh yeah for just sure. like yeah i mean for fun and also because <laughs> he deserved it right right, yeah. right 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 oh yeah and yeah. i think he probably ate that shit up because i don't think there were a lot of people that like told him no or like or could stand toe to toe with him and like and and, and compete
1: yeah there were probably only a handful of people that that could
0: get away with that i
1: would imagine falk was probably one yeah right Um, probably
0: gazara too, to a certain extent to a certain extent
1: but but and even um no what's it i can't remember his name now the producer
0: Oh, um,
1: is it uh, Al Rubin? Al Rubin, yeah. yeah. I wanted to say Bob Balaban. I'm like, that is not. <laughs> like, that, that is a person. Right. But when I picture Al Rubin in my head, he does look like Bob <laughs> Balaban. <laughs> Probably not someone who's going to like stand up to Cassavetes. No. <laughs> right. It seems like he and Rubin had a good relationship as well. Yeah, I mean, in that uh, term where we would be like, what do you want? Like, John, what are you doing?
0: Like, yeah, I think they went back and forth because I mean, Al was the one who edited Husband. Right, right. So they, they did have to come back around on mm-hmm. a woman under the influence. But. So yeah, we see a scene where Minnie is abused by her boyfriend, he ends up breaking up with her in public. She goes she gets set up on a blind date um by her friend who and she's very upset by that. So she goes to lunch and again this lunch is is just as bad as you think. I mean like it, it is awful. She and she and throughout the film she wears these gigantic sunglasses to kind of protect yeah, herself and yeah. hide from herself. I mean they're very um, much like a safety mechanism and And she's listening to this guy, and and she's trying to be— she's being quiet because she doesn't really know what to say, and she doesn't really want to be there, and this guy is just going off about how, um, you know, (laughs) he's— It, how is, is he, he's not divorced. His wife no, dies. My wife, so he's, died. My wife dies. Okay. So I'm not divorced. And like, I, I don't, I have all this money and I don't know what to do with this money. And you know what my big problem is? I've got hair down my back and my chest. <laughs> my, my legs are, my legs are hairless. And she's, just, and then at that point she's just like, look, I, you know, I, I'm not interested. I don't, in you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. Yeah. I'm not interested. All I really wanted to have was lunch. And then, you know, he explodes they go outside um, he, he tries to get his car, for, and of course, Seymour Cassell is is the one who's. That's why he's, he just want to work at restaurants because the food wasn't good. So, right, right. Um, So he gives the car to the guy, um, and the guy leaves the parking lot, comes back around the parking lot to berate Minnie some more, calling her a whore. Um, and then Cassell gets into a, 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 a altercation with him. Cassell bloodies his face, and then drives off in his truck and takes Minnie for a hot dog. And then, <laughs> and then he's immediately abusive to her as yeah, well. yeah. Like immediately. Like, she doesn't—she's still reeling from a man who's basically yelled at her in public in a situation she did not want to be in. She's also coming off of— Of, of, of an abusive relationship. Of, yeah. A physically abusive relationship. In a man that she believes that she's in love with, right? And she doesn't eat the hot dog that Cassell buys for her. These are Pink's. They're, yeah, they're Pink's hot dogs. I mean, I get it. I get why he's mad, but I don't really <laughs> need needs to be bad And so she gets up and walks away. He gets upset with her— um, Tries to run her down in his truck, <laughs> which is a, <laughs> on the sidewalk. Again. This, is, this is one of those, like, it, it, it's... <laughs> I, I I wonder... I, I know Cassavetes probably didn't ever really care. But, like, and you talk about movies that would be hard to be... Like, this doesn't... Like, how do you find an audience for this today? Yeah. Like, how does this play in a theater today? Like, you... I, I it just having like, what's the stomach of like, okay, well, this woman's been put upon and put upon and yeah. put upon and put and it and it speaks to Cassavetes' genius, right? That he can continue to keep you compelled and invested and that that Rollins doesn't become some sort of like just doormat the entire time. Right. I mean, she understands she's in dangerous situations and yeah, yeah there's lots of that happens to her. I guess do you feel like out of all of it that the relationship and the way that it ends up in marriage is a kind of a i mean like how do you feel oh, about I, th- I think it's in- I think it's
1: incredibly toxic yeah, um, I really do because I think um and this is why i don't I don't necessarily like the the ending and it's kind of like, oh, it's a happy, and that's why I brought up this idea that men fail her this entire time. I mean, we could even argue that Cassavetes fails her as a character in this film. She falls back into the same kind of toxic relationship that she was in with Jim. Okay, Seymour's not beating her, but at the same time, I mean, there are different levels of abuse, different types of abuse that take place in relationships. And I think that she is just staying with what is comfortable, right? I mean, she was, <clears throat> if it wasn't this other guy on a blind date, it was going to be someone else in the next couple of days, right? That right. she's going to fall back into this pattern. It's like, um... You've seen the movie The Drop, Mm -hmm. right? You know, at the end, you know, we're supposed to believe on some level that Numi Numi Rapace gets together with Tom Hardy or gets back together with Tom Hardy. She's doing the same thing, right? She left one violent relationship and is in another violent relationship. Okay, it's a different kind of violent relationship, but it's still that, and I think that's what's going on here as well.
0: Yeah, because, you know, eventually what happens is that— you know, so many in Moscow, which they, they, many and Seymour have end up making love. Um, she gets up and leaves the next, you know, or I guess the next morning or maybe afterwards, after I had some, just the timeline's confusing. But she goes down, she goes down and she gets, she goes to a, um, an ice cream shop. She t- she tells the waitress, hey, deliver these in 10 minutes. I'm going mm-hmm. like, home." Mm-hmm. And so then she calls Seymour to, to meet up with her. And he's. Immediately upset that she's, that she's <laughs> where'd you left. go? She's yelling at him, and she's like, "Look, don't ruin the romance. Like yeah. this is all part yeah. of it." Like, yeah, but and then you know that that relationship still devolves into you know her still not knowing what to do with it, him threatening to hurt himself, right, and her stopping him from hurting right. himself, um, and then they meet their mothers, and the mothers are like, "You, you, I mean, you like, idiots." But again, it's and, and also that mother sequence is is. <laughs> It's so, it's so bizarre as it's, you know, and I think it's very, very telling how the two mothers handled the, the, you know, so mm-hmm. Minnie's mom looks at her with like this, I don't know what to fucking do. Yeah. Like, and, 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 and this kind of loss and it, and, and, and it's not, even, maybe not even that, maybe it's a, I'm in the same situation or my life has been the same. And so I'm going to tell Minnie, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make the best of it. Right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. to tell a, a nice Minnie story. About how she looked like Shirley Temple when she was young. Yeah, she had curly yeah. hair and she had a list. And then, and then Seymour's mom. She's like, like Seymour's a fucking loser. Yeah. And she's not Shirley Temple. Right. Like they've known like, each other for four, four days. What, like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're telling her. Like why? Yeah. Why are we even having this conversation? Like he asked me for. Where are they going to live? What are they going to eat? Right. Right. And she's the minus. Like I don't have a husband to take care of me. Like what are we? Yeah. It's like oh, yeah. It's like. And that's when the whole Seymour thing about, I'm going to get a job at a bigger parking lot, which is a great Well, well Mrs. Moore, my plan is, you know, <laughs> and he's so serious
1: and so sincere. Right? But, yeah, he essentially wears her down to the point where she has no kind of defense left anymore, right, except to say, okay, right, I love you too. That scene in the bathroom where he's like threatening to hurt himself, he shaves his mustache, right? And punches the wall and hits his head against the wall. And he says a line, something like, This is what love makes you do. See, Mm -hmm. it makes you punch the wall, it makes you do this, which, you know, is a good line because it's how we think of it. I mean, you know, what's the line from the um, James M. Kane? Novel. She looks so good. I wanted to hit her with a hammer. It's it's that idea, right? It's so precious and so beautiful. I just need to destroy it it, it, because I don't know how to handle it. (laughs) And so on one level, like you get that. And on the other, this is not how you behave. And um, but there's also, I feel like, a class divide Mm -hmm. or a socioeconomic divide here. I mean, Seymour is a loser. Not because he parks cars, but just because like he kind of is and how he approaches a lot of the a lot of the world, many seems to be cultivated, a little more cultured um and it's like, what is she doing with this guy in the first place i look I love Seymour's enthusiasm about cars and how he kind of like can see the world through this idea of cars, like what else do you need right 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 what
0: else is there right. uh, Do you think this film ends better? And again, not to question Casabes, but do you right. think this movie is a better movie if it ends after the wedding, like cuts to black right after? You the wedding? You mean almost like a graduate kind of? Well, I mean, where so there's this, so there's the wedding. They're, yeah. they're clear and like yeah. everyone's still like in kind of that shocked mode. Yeah, and you figure there's some time of this past, but but I think what's so wonderful, and I, I know it was called from from real life, but I think what's what's so wonderful about the the wedding sequence is that the pat you know the minister whatever forgets, <laughs> forgets her, her name her name, her not, name. Not, not 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 seymour's yeah he hers. forgets hers and it's just and it like this idea like i think if you end with Minnie just laughing yeah at the fucking like just the all, I mean, like it, this, this, re- this release of like all this bullshit has happened and it's still happening on my fucking wedding day. Yeah. I'm yeah. a, you know, X number of years old woman who, yeah. by societal standards, is too old Spinster. to be Right. Yeah. And I'm still having to endure these slings and arrows because of some fucking. MOOC that we paid you know of, like what the fuck's going yeah. on like,
1: but again another instance of a man failing her mm-hmm. I think right no I, no, I absolutely I, I think I think that ending would have been I mean in a way sort of lighter and more genuine I right. mean I feel like Cassavetes is trying to tell us like it's okay it ended up okay and it's like I don't know that i need that bow wrapped on it
0: yes i mean the end sequence of them at a outside of a home and they're playing with kids and it looks like some some sort of picnic and
1: or like birthday party kind of idea i mean like the mothers are there seymour's mustache has grown back so we understand like time has passed i mean i think that that you know is meant to show us that yes everything worked out and he got that job at the parking garage
0: yeah, I think it, I think it undercuts though. I think uh, like uh, like especially coming off of husbands before you get into women under the influence, like all of his films kept this kind of realism, yeah. Of like and and this kind of ambiguity of like what's he going to do without us, kind right? Of like right. story, what are we right. going to do without him? Yeah. Um, and so the the idea that yeah, there's a happy and 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 maybe I, I maybe maybe there's a read of this that didn't actually happen. That this is a this is that's a, a, a dream on Hollywood ending mm-hmm. that that you wanted, but it's not real. Yeah. So the music changes a little bit, yeah, and like it's, it's a little more surreal, a little more right, yeah. right. Dreamy, and, 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 yeah. and they're behaving in ways that they've never behaved like before. You yeah. and and you're also out of a city setting. I, I don't know. I yeah. mean I guess if you want yeah. if you want to play it that way, I guess it's. But I do think that had it ended at the at the wedding sequence of just it's just a shot of many laughing. <laughs> I think. Um, and like and Seymour laughing as well but not really understanding the true depth of her of of, of her emotion at the moment her her understanding of the absurdity of the situation right yeah Yeah. I and also, be, that could have been just too fucking heavy and everyone would have just walked out and jumped off a cliff.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder
0: if, like, yeah, Cass Fetters, like, oh, that's too. D- let me add this on real fast right, and do it. Right. Um, and also, made Cass. Well, he, he he was notoriously filmed in sequence, but I doubt that he made Cassell like, grow his mustache out again. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably not. Because I, I think he'd been growing his hair and his mustache since faces. So, like, he hadn't, like, he'd been. <laughs> this mustache is huge. It is huge. I it's it's so. it's funny. Um, he had a few DPs on this film, like I think three specifically. But the last one that he had, because he was like, uh, and I may be confusing this with one run an influence, but the last one he had um, was a guy who was just driving down the street who had recognized <laughs> Cassell from face. He was like he was he was a film student, right? Oh, okay. But he was driving down the street, recognized Cassell, and like stopped him. I was like, "Hey, man, I loved you in Faces." like, and then started talking to him about Casavetes is like, "Ah, man, I'd really like to get into one of those Casavetes films." How do you do that? And it's like, "Oh, well, here, here's yeah. his number. Call him." <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds about right. right. I mean, sounds about well, right. And he calls him, and then him and Casavetes have like an hour and a half long conversation the next day. And he's like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you're I mean, come on yeah. in. Right.
1: I, I like the um, earlier we were talking about you know budgets and how people got paid, and I liked how Casavetes said we never had a contract with anybody. Right? We made money, you made money. Right. right, and
0: everyone, right. everyone knew that. Everyone agreed to it, and you know, nobody was ever sort of let down. And and I was like, no, it's you know, how do you feel about him? I, I don't. Th- he wasn't necessarily anti-union, but he definitely worked outside the union system. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I mean, I'm a I am a a believer in the union, but at the same time, I mean, how do you? So how do you do that though, in the situation he's in? Right. I mean, because you're already working outside of the system, could those guys? as union members even do that without getting into trouble. No. Okay, so, I mean, if he's not gonna work in that studio system, then he's not necessarily beholden to that same, and this is not to excuse, not right. right. but right. I mean, I think there is that kind of thing, you know, of him saying, "Look, this is how I have to do this, so this is who I'm hiring, and if you can't do that, if you can't work for me, you know, because you're part of this system, because you're
0: part of the studio system, I, I don't. I don't, I don't well, that, know, and that's the reason, and I believe part of the reason that you know the Oscar nominations that he did get and the wins that he didn't get, mm-hmm. and Gina as well, were because the the the, the Academy was reluctant to yeah. to to award non union productions, and so the well, fact that he got a Best uh, Actress and a Best Director, yeah. not well that didn't, this didn't, but uh, but uh, a, a woman, woman did, then, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. But I, I mean, I, I I guess it's hard for me to think of Casavetes as a like union-busting kind of, you know, picket
0: line-crossing person. I wouldn't see him as that way. No, 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 no. no. And there were no strikes going on. I mean, that wasn't—but he just—yeah, like I said, I think it would have—it would have prevented—to work in that system would have prevented him from being able to do what he did. Yeah.
1: I've also—I mean, I've I've worked with Teamsters, not officially having been a Teamster, and because of the way— not to be like, oh, I'm so awesome, but because of the way that I treated those guys and spoke to them, right, and worked with them, I was able to get away with a lot more in a kind of like management position than maybe right. others were. And so maybe there's some of that too. You're kind of like prior and Blue Collar? Um, yes. Yeah. Hitting <laughs> people with wrenches. Right. Just like right? that. Big old wrenches. Just like that. <laughs> Ready? Yeah, to move do. on, let's uh, let's talk about a woman under the influence.
3: Crazy. She's unusual.
2: Tell me what you want me to be. How you want me to be. I can be that.
3: I can be anything. You tell me. Mabel's a delicate, sensitive woman. And the reason I'm worried is that you've uh, been acting a little strange. Uh, uh, I, I wonder if you've been aware of that or not. This is what I call a really handsome face. That's enough. Okay, come on, let's do No, no. no, no. Look at this man. I that's enough. Such muscles! I bet he doesn't fit in this suit. Baby, Come on. That's you had your funs enough. Feet ugly, Get your ass down! I like your friends. I know it. I know that. I'm not one of those.
1: This summary is a little longer because it's a little harder, I think, too. Anyway, the Longhettis are an Italian-American working-class family. Nick, played by Peter Falk, is a construction worker. His wife, Mabel, is a stay-at-home mother and wife. They have three kids. Mabel is unusual, perhaps mentally ill, maybe with bipolar or borderline dis- disorder, but diagnosis is not really the point here. She is warm, spontaneous, beautiful, and an affectionate, if inconsistent, mother. Because of Mabel's eccentricities, the Longetti family seems to function at a kind of delicate, delicate equilibrium. I smash those two words together there. <laughs> <Deliquible>. <laughs> the stability is disrupted when Nick fails to get away from work on a night he and Mabel had planned to spend alone together. The children are with her mother and Mabel feels desperate and lonely so she gets drunk, goes out, and picks up a stranger at a bar. The next morning nick brings his crew home after an emergency night shift mabel copes by cooking up a spectacular spaghetti breakfast and acting erratic around nick's men later when a neighbor brings his children to play mabel again behaves in a way someone else finds quote-unquote inappropriate nick under pressure from his mother and mabel's physician is persuaded to have his wife institutionalized she is taken away nick angrily rejects the concern of his friends but struggles to manage the children The film ends with the evening of Mabel's return from hospital. Nick and his mother have arranged a dinner party to celebrate her recovery. Nick invites everyone he knows to welcome her home, but soon realizes that's a bad idea and sends them all away. It becomes clear that despite electroconvulsive therapy, Mabel is unchanged. It also becomes more evident than ever that her quote-unquote madness is rooted as much in the family's social network, her uncomprehending parents, judgmental mother-in-law, and volatile husband, as it is in her own brain or personality. After Nick explodes and Mabel attempts self-harm, a moment of calm descends. Mabel and Nick put the children to bed and then go about cleaning up the house as usual, their fragile normality restored for now. So again, another instance of a man failing, Gina Rowland.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this... This is a four, like I said, a four hour watch of this would have been, Oof, would have, but you, you would have had broken it up into two parters. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Well, I, don't really here, I,
1: here. I, I find this film to be funny and empathetic mm-hmm. in its portrayal of this subject matter, right? Marriage, mental illness, how we fail to help those closest to us, how we hurt those closest to us. I think it also exposes to an extent the kind of social structures that don't help mental illness right, or don't aid in mental health. Um, I think this film also shows how a character like Fox lacks the language to understand and communicate with his wife. She also in turn doesn't know how to communicate with him either because of how she sees everything. And I right. think this really lays it bare. I mean, there's a moment— and it's really heartbreaking where she, she's, they're trying to, you know, have her committed and she's like, to death do us part, you and me, right, right, right? Trying to sort of get that across and she just can't.
0: Right. She goes into a um, a speech about, the, she tries to give five reasons why, you know, she's mm-hmm. essentially sane and she's fine and she shouldn't be committed. And she's standing there and she can't really communicate any of them, right? right. I mean, it's, it's. Um, so she goes into these little mannerisms of, of um, you know, almost baseball talk where she's like, you know, and like these little zips in her in her voice and, and these little hand gestures. And she gestures. points and she like puts a thumb over
1: her shoulder. And, right. And it's, it's almost like
0: she's shooting a gun at the corner. Yeah, this, I mean, the performance by her is, is amazing. And, and um, I, it's one of those ones I... It, Reading about this, Scorsese was like heartbroken that that burst and I mean like he he was heartbroken (laughs) that he directed the film that that kept Rollins from winning Best Actress in this. Um, yeah, this idea of that life is not what we expected it to be in this 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 violent. um, I mean, two different types of outbreaks, right? Um, you know where Falk goes to violence and um, and Gina Rollins doesn't know how to handle that and goes inward yeah um and has really no you know no one is on gina Rowland's side and no one no one's on mabel's side in this movie no she's left completely alone and i think that i think you know that this speaks to not only how we handle mental illness but this idea of women specifically at this time who were expected to be House, you know, homekeepers and 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 mothers and you know and stay-at-home, basically servants to a, a you know in a a marriage that didn't give them anything other than you know th- that was expected to take everything from them and and give nothing back and for them to be these smiling uh, you know stepford wives yeah. that that are always at the ready with a with a dinner you know with a 7 a.m spaghetti dinner <laughs> right and, and to be able to be to be at the whims of their husbands who are because they're working allowed to do whatever they want to do essentially yeah um you know and and she tries to find that normalcy again when she goes out and her husband's not there um and then basically that's you know you're given that that's seemingly the mental break that happens at that point right i mean See, like, i think this had been going on i'm sure I mean, i'm sure it has been yeah. right i mean cuz we cuz we keep talking about how like nick is very protective in saying how she's not crazy oh, okay. and like and i just stop talking like cuz everyone kind of dances around like mabel's a very sensitive woman and very mabel's all this and that and nick's like she's not crazy i don't know right. stop talking about right. her like she's crazy she's unique <laughs> right she's yeah um yeah, I, I, how I this couldn't have been an easy film to watch in the no. theaters for anybody who was watching. But people it. did. Yeah it, yeah, it did well. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think. I mean, something else that, and this goes to what you were speaking about. But but a couple of things. I think on on one hand, this film seems very much about like this relationship that isn't normal. Right, but is trying to be normal, or is trying to be normalized, right? By or bending to the will of sort of outside pressure, right? So our you know conventional society, and so I I know that this goes against like Casavetti's own interpretation of the film, but whatever. M- maybe Mabel is sort of quote unquote mad because she doesn't fit in the way everyone thinks that she should fit. I mean, she does these things when she has the party. With the, for the kids, and the neighbor comes over and he's like, Why are you playing Swan Lake? Why are we like, why are we dancing? This is I find this inappropriate. And she's like, What are you talking about? Again, it's
0: and so, she tries to get him to engage, right? She right, tries to get him to dance. Right. And, and same, she's yeah.
1: like, Why are you so boring? Right. <laughs> but it's it's out, it's the outside world looking at her and judging and saying, No, 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 like you're the weird one. And this goes then into Cassavetes in an interview said, and this is a quote: all women are crazy. They've been driven crazy playing a role they can't fulfill. Meaning, right? That's the end of the quote. (laughs) Meaning, we tell them to be seventeen different things, and they. How can you do that, right? Right? How can you? We continue to tell how tell women how they ought to look, act, work, exist, and then when they try to, we tell them you're doing it wrong. So, I mean, what do we expect, right? Right? And and look, I'm not saying all women are crazy. I'm taking Casavetti's quote and going. I see where this film comes from because of that. She's trying to do this stuff. And she's like, this is not who I am. And that's
0: driving me mad. Yeah. And, 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 and she's left alone at every single time. Like, again, there's no, at no point does anyone ever like her. So you get the feeling that maybe her mom has also had mental issues as well. Um, and, and to the extent where, if, you know, Nick, indulges those but indulges them in all the wrong ways Mm -hmm. indulges all of the and seemingly encourages the idiosyncrasies but never really trying to provide any sort of like real balance to it all um because he doesn't know how to navigate of this as as well he
1: encourages them up to a point until he's embarrassed by them right and then he snaps (laughs) Right. right right and there's even this moment that comes way too late in him trying to navigate that and save that relationship where when she comes home from the from the hospital and everyone except family has left and she is sort of not being herself and he pulls her aside and he's like just be you just be yourself fuck them all and right. it's like now now you want her to <laughs> and he's trying to do that he's like give me a better bye bye bye, right cuz she's making these noises right. and he's like a better one a better one and she's so can She's been told to be two well, different things at the spent, same time. She spent
0: six months at a mental institution being electrocuted and, and medicated. Right. right. Um, and it, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, but it's I awful. think,
1: but I think it's so telling. I think it's so good to cat on Cassavetti's part to go, you know, it's not her. It's right. everyone around her Because even the family When they sit down for dinner She's she's like I, I would like you all to go now I'd like to be alone with my husband And they're like No, no, that's not what you want <laughs> Right <laughs> But he's so good at saying This family is the stand-in For every other family And for the and the outside world Telling everyone else What they actually want And then telling them Why they're crazy <laughs> Because of it
0: Yeah Well, and, and it's a scene uh, You know she at the scene after everyone leaves and, and um, you know, it's just the family and they're all kind of like looking at her. She crawls into her dad's lap and she's like, will you please will you please stand up for you? Will you please stand up for me? And he fucking literally stands up. Well, because she's trying to get them to, to go. Right. And so right. he does. And he's like,
1: <laughs> it, it, wait. So what one of them, it, maybe it's her mother who's like, you know what she wants us to do. You know what she's getting at. And and it's this moment where the mother seems to be saying, let's go. Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, no. Right? Right. But, yeah, I mean, she crawls into her dad's lap, and it's a heartbreaking
0: kind of moment. It's just, I mean. And her dad earlier in the evening was like, I'm not eating spaghetti. I'm not eating I spaghetti. I am not i can not eat it. I'm not the kind of guy. I was like, what the? But, but that goes back to your, like, how much spaghetti did they go through? <laughs> right. Right. right.
1: Which seems like a little Easter egg or inside baseball there of, <laughs> yeah
0: no yeah. no more, no it, more it, there's a lot to to i mean like the scenes that you have where you're just focusing on Nick and you clearly like he's so quick to anger and embarrassed by the entire situation and and really only ever um is concerns himself with Mabel when it concerns him you know when when things yeah. fall back yeah. onto him, yeah like it, once you know. Mabel goes off and sends the kids, and and this is what's you know what's really like I think telling about the the you know the tire setup is we see Mabel trying to get ready for a date with her husband, mm-hmm. and she's with it. I mean, like she has she has the she's loading up her mom, and she's worried about her mom being so being able to handle the situation. But she's got three kids, and she's got every single book that they need, and a bicycle, and, a bicycle, and, like and like all it. these things that they need. And she's like, shit, I don't necessarily know if I trust anybody else to take care of my kids, but Nick's asked me to do this kind of thing, so I'm going to send them off. And then Nick, of course, has to work late and can't get home and doesn't call because he's embarrassed or he doesn't really want to – he says that he doesn't know how to tell her that. But, I mean, in in reality, it's just – it's more just – how do I let her – I don't want to let her down. I don't want to – Eh. <laughs> right. Just, more to the point, to he just wine. more to the point. He probably doesn't want to deal with it. Right. right. And more to the point, he right. doesn't want to deal with the reaction. He doesn't certainly doesn't want to get chastised by his wife. Yeah. Um, and then you know the the sequence where she goes off and she picks up a man and she's immediately like not really picking up a man. She's just in a bar drinking and talking about her life. Like Nick didn't come home. Can yep. you believe Nick didn't? I mean, like she's yep. talking to this guy like she knows who he mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and he takes advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, By saying you want to go someplace quieter, you want to go to your place kind of thing. And and then are we to imply that they had sex together or is he just like she passed out and he stayed there? Yeah, I don't I don't know, because she fights him off at one point. Right. Right. She's like, hey, buddy.
1: Right. And so I don't know Um, because I wasn't sure either. Because, I mean, I think there is a reading where you're like, okay, they did sleep together. But also another reading where, you know, she successfully sort of did fight him off and she just. You know, he sacked out wherever, right? right? But right. <laughs> regardless, he gets up because he likes to walk around and talk to himself in the morning. <laughs> right.
0: Another man this, doesn't give a shit about
1: what. Right, but this is also the other thing. Like everybody, if Maple's crazy, everybody in this movie is crazy. Right. Right. This guy's crazy. Falk is just as crazy and unbalanced with his quickness that to I mean, anger and kills to violence. Right. So right. I mean, like it's. <laughs> He's so he, he's so good in this, and I think too something else about him in this role and Cassavetti's approach to it. There is a a, a male platonic love in this film. There is a camaraderie. There is a a vulnerability between all these guys. When these guys ask, when his workers, he seems to be like the foreman of this crew, right? right? When they ask about Mabel, they're concerned. They're serious. They, they aren't teasing him until he, like, gets pissed at them. And then they sort right. of, like, oh, don't talk about Mabel. But when they do, they do it in a way. It's like, Nick, do you, do you need anything? Right. Like, do, can we help? How is everything? And he just, you know, shrugs them or, like, blasts them and yells at them. But, again, this inability of a of a type of man, of a type of masculinity that's unable to accept help and be open with
0: them. How do you feel about the racism in this movie? <clears throat> At one point he calls uh, one of his workers talking about how he how he couldn't understand like one of his workers couldn't understand her behavior. And do you think that M word could understand? And
1: Oh oh. You know, I don't know that I caught that. Mm, There's a couple there are a
0: couple yeah. moments that that and he and he goes back to Mikey and, or, you know, um, and Nikki. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the same thing of kind of like this yeah. weird, and it, it could just be of the time, not that I'm excusing it. It's just well, I, these one-off terms <clears throat> that, that didn't mean anything to these men at the time. Right. And I think, I mean, I think that's very much what it is. I
1: also think that it's probably something that character would say. Sure, sure, sure. Without thinking twice. Right. Where it's a, and again, this is not excusing it. This is calling attention to the misuse or the the abuse, right, of of language um, and people. But it would have been in the everyday parlance for these guys. It would have been something that they said back and forth. And, you know, I think there's probably a fair amount of, um, bias, disdain, racism between, because this film has Italians, African-Americans, Hispanics. I mean, all of them work together. Right. Um, and I imagine there is still some, some tension within, those groups even though as we see them working there's not right right it doesn't seem to be so much tension there seems to be you know care and concern um yeah so i i mean yeah not to just like brush it away but no no, right right but i i do think i do think that it's hard to it's hard to judge that from you know 2023 looking at 1974 and not saying and i'm not just throwing my hands up saying different times but to realize how language has changed and how we just talked about the the use of trauma language and bottoms as as not surprising as kind of everyday terminology and, and it's unfair then to not look back and go okay that was everyday terminology that's bad right right so right. yes you shouldn't have said it but i mean i'm not going to Cancel Casavetes or fall no, or the no, film no, no, like, no, because of that? Because because no, no, I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know,
0: I <laughs> know. And and it's kind of surprising that there's not more of it to be to be fair, well, because Casavetes seemed to like like to kind of dabble, like and, and kind of do. I mean, like you know, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying like he liked yeah. to provoke. So it seemed right. like right, you know, uh, you know, Seymour, you know, <clears throat> provokes a black uh, member of the bar, you know, a tender of the bar when he's you know in in Mini Moscow. So I mean, it's not like it's. <gasps> I, you know, I don't necessarily see race as a huge issue for Cassavetes. Like, I mean, but again, you can go back to shadows too. There's, 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 it's not a huge theme in his role, but I mean, in his movies, but I mean, it does, it is there. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's aware of
1: it and I think he knows, I think he, do we give Casavetes enough credit for
0: being progressive? Uh, I mean, from a woman's perspective, I, I don't know. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, well, I'm not a woman. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just saying. But, but. I mean, like, from a from a telling female stories <laughs> perspective, like, I think you know, talking, listening to some of the things Rowan said about this about this movie in particular is that she, you know, she had asked John to write something for her, and mm-hmm. she was kind of taken aback by, it. and she was like, I, I don't believe that that men can't write women and women can't write men. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But this was this in particular of, of this this loneliness and this and kind of insanity that we put on women uh, especially in this time um you know you weren't you weren't seeing that you weren't seeing that anywhere really in any no, movies no, no. at all um but let alone coming from a white male director that uh, um you know was writing the story specifically for yeah. and based around you know a 40 year old woman who is in you know in the middle of a troubled marriage with an abusive man and trying to figure <laughs> out her shit. And look at what he did with faces too, and how he—I right. mean, how he
1: showed us that that women, st- you know, were quick to discount what women need or what they want, mm. right? Um, the Layla—I can't remember her last name now. I mean, she just passed away, but um, from Shadows was also complimentary about how Cassavetes wrote women. Right. So I think, you know, this is something. That, so, but also the way he dealt with race and Shadows. The way he looked at children with IDD in, in A Child is Waiting and how his vision, whether or not that would have ended up on screen, was contrary to the producers, th- th- that is a much more progressive thought than I think we give him credit for. There. Sure. So I think kind of across the board, again, still not excusing the use of the N-word in the, in the film,
0: but I think across the board. Well, he, he didn't was, actually call him an N. He called him... Um, monkey, basically. Oh, okay, so. right, right. Anyway, okay. God, sorry. <laughs> well, I just want to be clear. What I was trying to dance around was not was not the N word, right? And I don't know why it was dance. It. <laughs> anyway, it's not a, it's not a huge yeah. point. It's just I think it's an interesting um, you know call out to see, yeah. Uh, because I do think that you know I do think that that Cassavetes was careful in his words, and I do think, yeah. That, yeah, of course, that this is how men would have talked to one another. But you don't see it so pre- to prevalent. I guess maybe in the moment that he was angry, it just seems kind of. And I think it's telling for Falk's character that in the moment that he's angry and berating his wife, he's also berating the men that he,
3: yeah. you know, still yeah. trusts
0: but still sees as beneath him to a certain extent. Right. 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 I think we also lose
1: a lot of ourselves in that kind of emotion, in that kind of anger. Right. right? Where we really lose track of of what we're saying and who we're saying it to. Again, and, not to excuse it, but I think that does play and, in that character.
0: And he's. Yeah, and he's constantly angry. I mean, yeah. this th- th- this is uh, you know an interesting uh, kind of look at this of like how all of this affects Falk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, mm-hmm. not so much how how Falk affects how Mabel, but how Nick um, is affected and how he reacts to all of this. Because a lot of ways you can look at Mabel being childlike in the in, her, in, the, in the sense of how she's trying to communicate with the world around her, and she kind of she kind of. Um, goes into herself and, and talks a lot in her head, and talks a lot and mumbles and, 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 and tries to put words together where she clearly doesn't feel like okay. she has the words, and she kind of becomes, you know, she's very childlike when she's when she's standing up there, and she's all alone. It nick's the same way in, a, in an alpha male sort of way, yeah, yeah. Um, where he doesn't he behaves almost identically. It's just he has much more violent tendencies and allowed to have violent tendencies his violent tendencies are encouraged where Mabel's aren't. You know, it's, this, it's, this movie is so heartbreaking. And I, I read about people when they came out of this movie, they like they were like, you know, they threw yeah. up. And, you know, it was just yeah. like, and they'd, they'd be so shocked and they'd go right back in and see it again. And right, just like, yeah. um, it's, it's crazy to me that, that uh, yeah, that this had kind of the grassroots kind of um, success that it did. Yeah, because the critics hated it. Right, it's crazy. That's crazy oh, too, I, right? No, I want to.
1: <laughs> Look, man. Um this is an example of Pauline Kale hating John Cassavetes for reasons hating a film just because it was made by Cassavetes. She's not the only one. Right, no. Um I am I am going to take these dead people to task. <laughs> you hear that, Kale Estate? We're coming for you. <laughs> but there's there's a moment where um, you know, Kale well, let me find it now. Oh, I can cut my mumbling like out when I <laughs> when I when I go right. So I mean, Kale hated this film, and she made sure to mention like in her review that the film was this like didactic illustration of Artie Lang's version of insanity. And I I, I just want to say a little bit about this because I'm not an expert enough on Lang to really kind of like get into it, but one of lang's ideas was that mental illness was in large part affected by society in particular in the family and i think that we've seen this play out i think that we have a better understanding now of mental illness and how it's not just some made-up thing in our heads alone um and so he had other ideas too but mostly he was like anti-psychiatry anti-electroshock but yeah, if we look at mental health in this movie and how the outside world and the family affect Mabel, especially in how like her character is like slipping into strange gestures and strange use of language to try and communicate a problem or like distress, I just don't know what Kale's issue is and if you've read her review it's, it's just a hit piece. Right. It is just a hit piece on Cassavetes because everything she sets, sets up about Ling, she then basically throws away by saying Cassavetes wasn't, like or failed in doing that. I, it's just, it's ridiculous. And she starts to claim that, I'm, I'm really upset by this review, to be honest. Um, she talks about how the people in this film aren't real. Rather, they're barely human. And I think the complete opposite of that, I mean, she thinks does people she, like this don't does exist. No That's what right. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean, right? So, first of all, it's a movie. Right. Second, second, it's a movie. <laughs> but I think Cassavetes is showing us this version of of a marriage of mental health. Right? It's not necessarily verisimilitude. It is a version of something. It's hyper reality. Kale never knew someone with bipolar disorder either.
0: Well, I would argue that. What is she, I mean, look. I think Kayo had a vendetta against Cassavetes. and she even goes on to say, "I think, I think it's, I think it was her that was saying that Rollins was did nothing because she was doing too much, right? And that she was exhausting." <laughs> and I was just like, "Fuck you, right?" I mean, like, again, that, that's the. It, you should have the wherewithal because, again, who's asking you to this, review this movie? Just step the fuck away. Just don't. Right? You don't right. need to say anything at this point because we all know you hate Cassavetes. Right? So if you hate Cassavetes, like. Just your review just needs to be fuck. I hate Casper. I'm not going to watch any of the things. Why would you watch any of the things that he did? Right. But this idea of that that these aren't real humans. I think that, that one that's just laughable. Because yeah. the, and again, look, these are characters. Of course they are. But I'm sorry. Who is she pointing to in cinema? That's a real fucking character, I know, I right? Know. I mean, especially <laughs> before. Like, who is she pointing to? I
1: know. I know.
0: And, I, and I, know, I know that she didn't like his films. But I mean, like, and I know that cassavetes use of untrained actors did lend itself to be to have that kind of sort of realism like you this kind of docu docudrama kind of like that you're watching it on on a group of people but i but yeah i agree with you i mean like i think this idea of 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 like mental health i think this idea of like uh nick being bullied into and like giving up on and like the all everyone giving up on mabel and institutionalizing her and look this is all a very complicated subject, which is I'm not going to sit here and say that if you institutionalize somebody, you're giving. But in this in the context of this film, mm-hmm. Nick, his mother and I mean, and the doc, the opportune doctor, they're giving up on Mabel mm-hmm. and they're and they're putting they're not even, I guess, not giving up, but they're putting her aside so they don't have to deal with her. Fox says that his character betrays her. Right. Yeah. Right. And 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 because she does nothing wrong. She, I mean, like, you know, Nick's character, Nick's mom is like, well, she brought a man over to the home, which is she's talking about the man with the kids. Yeah. She's not talking about the man from the night no. before, because there's no way no. she could have known about him. She was him. having a party, right? Right. For the kids. And right. And and neighbor. She, and, yeah, she wanted neighbor kids to play together. And, yeah, her kids... And the, and the guy comes in, and the and the room has stuff around it, and it's just, but, but like it's not destroyed. The kids are
1: all running around being kids, right? And, and one of them is naked, but that's yeah. but
0: that's but that's, Mabel. that's Mabel's kid, and right, and it's Mabel's house. So I mean, yeah, let Mabel's kid be naked. It's yeah. not like it's. I know, I know. This idea that um, I mean, I think this this whole movie, just this idea of like expectations that we have for one another and the minute that we just we don't as a society teach people how to deal with uh you know one we put on we put on these ideas of of what expectations should be right Mm -hmm. this three you know this this house that we live in and and these these kids that we have and this this life that we live and if we do x y and z then the result will be one two and three and of course it doesn't ever really work out that way we don't we don't We don't equip ourselves with how to deal with that type of disappointment. So that disappointment either functions in a way that manifests in Nick as anger and it manifests in Mabel. And again, not to say that this is that mental health is a manifestation of disappointment. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But these things are exacerbated. Had Mabel been supported, had Mabel been in a loving relationship, and you know when this goes to the end, and like they're 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 making the bed together, and they're they're moving the table because they sleep on this pullout couch of this inherited home that they have, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know. And it's this, you know, we've got it's 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 so like heartwarming and disheartening at the same time. We're like, okay, now we can all breathe because now we're not in a situation that we've got. A ton of outside expectations on us about how to all behave mm-hmm. and um, you know it's funny because you know had everyone been at the house had all of Nick's been friends been at the house the situation probably would have played out a lot better yeah the camaraderie the drinking the, the 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 would have would have played to Mabel's strengths and people would have just been happy to be around her right but instead now there's an expectation for her to behave and to perform again and now she's left again standing alone um and you know it's it is interesting to see how, where this film takes itself and where it doesn't allow itself to go. Because, yes, she does try to commit self-harm, but we don't really get, I mean, it's, it's pretty benign in that mm-hmm. sense there, too, where it's not really, um, you know, you don't really get a sense that it was ever really um, fully intentioned, right? I mean, um, and her kids are kind of there, too, and it seems yeah. like, <clears throat> yeah, one would think that. Kale had a problem with the kids at the end, too. Uh, right, yeah, I mean, she. I mean,
1: yeah, fuck her. Sorry. She sucks. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. no, 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 I mean, but, one but I mean, the, the, I do find like the critical response, the response from critics, to just be boggling, and how they talked about it. I'm so ahead. No, <laughs> and and
0: I mean, to that end, I think again, anytime that you're talking about something, um, and you're not, I mean, like in Cassavetes was very letting people be open to their own interpretations of his films i mean he wanted to provoke he wanted to mm-hmm. to present the story but he was never judgmental of any of his characters like Mm-mm. even the guys and husbands they're not they're never chastised for being these pieces of shit that they are um in fact i mean like so, i mean but he's also not really like lifting them up or praising them no. for, i mean so like this idea of like um this kind of ambiguity that 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 well i'm gonna be represented with this and in, in where you where you fall, and 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 the and and this story says way more about you than it does the storyteller, um, and that's what you should be thinking about as you come out of this. Like, and and if you're not feeling sorry for Mabel, you, I mean, and and if you don't empathize and sympathize with her and her situation, where she really has no one, everyone else, everyone else in the story wants to put her aside, and everyone else is joined in that together. They have support in that. Everyone, Nick, Nick is. Has his mom to be there when they, you know, they institutionalize her, um, and the fact that the institutionalization doesn't do anything for her, yeah. like that, that that whole six months that she spent away from, and that you, and that the, that the entirety of the family then believes that she should just be able to walk back in. And and, just, and, and and pick up like she'd never gone. And, and, like, they don't want, and, and they don't want to hear
1: anything about it either. Stop that silly talk. We don't want to hear about right. your stay at the institution.
0: You should be thankful that we threw you a party. Yeah. And welcome home. But, like, why are you she being... She just wants to go to bed. Right. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. And it's this... I, like, yeah, this is not a... <clears throat> Like steal yourself if you sit down to watch one of the influence. Yeah. It's a good two and a half hours. Of, it's two and a half hours. It's rough. I think it's rewarding though. I think it yeah. is. Yeah. I think uh, Roland's performance in this is transcendent. I mean, it really like the 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 things that she can do, the 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 body mannerisms that she does in this film. Just just the way that she um, is. I, I think. I mean, I think Falk is great as well. But I think Roland's. Oh, the, she's it, the star. Is is just amazing in this. And it's kind of funny that this doesn't get talked about like in when we talk about mental health films much really. Right. It it doesn't like when it gets, when we talk about things that get brought up about.
1: Well, we like girl interrupted. We like, no, we don't. (laughs) No, 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 (laughs) no. We don't, but we like films like that. I mean, look, that are are easy stories, right? That have happy endings. That's the thing. This is tough. Right. This, this puts this in your face and I, I mean, look, I don't know about you, but I've, I've been around, yeah. You know, several people like during a manic break. It's not no, not no. dissimilar, no, right, to what not. we just
0: saw on screen. Well, this but, is actually pretty light, to be yeah, honest. I yeah, yeah. Like this, this is kind of kid gloves in a lot of ways, and and, and so however you want to, I mean, like do your diagnosis of Mabel. Yeah, this is this is. Uh, this is on the lighter end of the spectrum of how, of how real life shit works. Right. right. I mean, right. I mean, so this confronts
1: you with that where everything else, I mean, is very much a kind of glossy glamorized version of it. And so, of co- I, yeah, I mean,
0: it should be talked about more, but man, it is. Well, and even like something like cuckoo's nest in, in the sense of like, that has like, yeah, I mean, we end with the lobotomy and like, but that seems more but again, you could argue that Nicholson doesn't actually have a mental disease in that movie, that he's just playing right. the system yeah, and getting yeah. taken advantage of by um, you know a bureaucracy yeah. that, that sees that. In in that book and that film was much more of an
1: allegory about the sure. outside world, not really a looking in at you know mental illness and how this and how social structures can affect mental illness i mean i think it's very much like this is how the system keeps the individual down right who's a free thinking
0: kesey you know kin and type anyway right so, yeah. yeah and in this and this like you said the, the films that we like are the ones that have happy endings yeah. yeah the ones we can draw to where we've we've cured mental illness or yeah. we've we've gotten back to some sense of normalcy yeah. right and and in most times, that doesn't fucking
1: play out that way. And we know that, like, this normalcy is tenuous at best. That, give it, you know, tomorrow morning, something else is going to. And we sort of
0: know, like, what's right. going to keep happening. Which kind of is, like I said, when we look at Moskowitz, yeah. Moskowitz and, and this, the two endings of these, it seems interesting that he chose to go on the happy upbeat with Minnie and Moskowitz. Yeah. And I guess you could, I mean, I I think that the ending of this of of a woman of the influence is intended to be uplifting in a sense or at least a sense of relief right okay we've gotten past we can breathe. right we can breathe for a second because they're finally alone and the kids are in bed and they're they're going back to some level of normalcy just but you know that this is, yeah. a, this is a temporary yeah. situation um but at least for the film for the two and a half hours we can go okay and exhale, and as we walk out, you know, (laughs) into the street, right?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I just wanted to For people out there that might be listening, um, Stanley Kaufman wrote a terrible review (laughs) about this film as well. And I don't want to harp too much on this. I I think when I was typing up these notes, I was really angry about a couple reviews. But, I mean, this is Kaufman's quote. To me, this film is utterly without interest or merit. And I just find—look, I talk about, like, we bring our own stuff to art all the time. But if you're— so predisposed to find something uninteresting and without merit, like you said, just don't watch it. Right, just don't watch it, or don't write about it. I mean, you look, yeah, it, it, right. Like, you don't have to review it. So you know John Updike,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the novelist, Not he, personally, but he he has, so. well, yeah. Well, you weren't at those like uh, suburban no. uh, swinging <laughs> swingers parties, anyway. He had rules for when he wrote book reviews, right? When he would engage in, in criticism, and one of the rules was never write about something I'm predisposed to dislike and i mean i think that right. that goes here you don't have to like it that's fine but to i mean to just do a hatchet job on something i find very disingenuous
0: yeah i mean th- that that idea that it's unengaged i mean what would her what was the words again utterly without interest or merit okay see and uh, so what uh, then it would make me go and ask you know okay so what is what's the what's what what has merit to, to yeah. you Yeah, because this this the idea that you can find. Look, I know we shit on a lot of things in here, but like (laughs) this is true. um, But I mean, I don't think I don't think we're doing it unfairly necessarily. I mean, again, and we're always doing it with a "your mileage may vary" kind of (laughs) attitude to it. But I don't know, like having not being able to see any sort of goodness in then then yeah, you don't like Casavetta's films, and you also don't like films about real people. Right. You right. you want you want like you know, I keep going back, but you want Douglas Sirk. You yeah, want this right. this idea of like this this pretty painted uh, pastels yeah. and, and and that's what you want. Okay, right. fine. But this idea that no one would is, right. is bullshit. Right. Right. Um Ebert loved it. Yeah.
1: Ebert loved Minnie Moskowitz too.
0: he I mean, did not like he did
1: not like husbands, which makes me think that there was something in husbands that he didn't have.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he had friends. <laughs> <I'm just> like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right,
1: anything else you want to say about a woman under the influence?
0: No, no. I'm I I am i go watch it. I'm but to yeah, brace yourself. Yeah, yeah. But it's
1: you should watch it. It's. I mean, it's uh, yeah, brilliant. It's, it's tough, but yeah.
0: Look, it's <laughs> by far, I know by far, but it is. If you want to, t- if you want to dip your toe into Casablanca and you want to say, I, "I've seen a Casablanca film," *Woman Under the Influence* is the one you should yeah. see. Yeah. Um
1: Okay. Well, let's give some people some ideas if if they like these films,
0: what else might they like? What else might they like? I I, I fucking abhor my recommended feel like th- this ah, week. So, that's like, all right. but, but you go. With want your, me to start? Yeah, you go. You okay. start.
1: So. My first recommended, if you like bottoms, you might like daisies, uh, 1966 by Vera Chitilova. Um, this is about two young women who realize that the world is a shitty place. And so they decide to become tricksters of a sort. Right? They date
0: older men. They take the money. They just get into a bunch of mischief. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, I went more standard fare, but I'm going to say ten things I hate about you. Okay, nice. It's not a great. I mean, it's like it's it's not a great comparison, oh. but it has that same sort of like. Yeah, mine uh, is not a high school film. Right, right. <laughs> mine, yeah, mine definitely is. But yeah. it's 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 a send up of those of, of the tropes. It, it it plays well with the Shakespearean structure, um, and kind of focuses on um, a different aspect of of uh, well, clearly it's a I mean it's a Shakespearean play at this point, so it's a Taming of the Shrew, but. Uh, but it's but it does play well with um, that you know the, the the high school conceit and 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 is a little bit smarter than your typical high school yeah. film. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, cool. Um, if you liked Minnie and Moskowitz, you might like She's the One. Ed Burns' 1996 <laughs> film. <laughs> Starring Jennifer Aniston. Um wow. and Cameron Diaz. Right, but yeah. But Cameron Diaz was the one who the critics were really like, oh, oh, she's great. She's really she's the one. If you know, what, but she wasn't <laughs> the one in the movie. Um <laughs> but yeah, I look, that's the no, I liked No Looking Back, but mm, those three Burns films are the only ones that I really I really like
0: I don't know if I s- no looking back was the john Bon Jovi one yeah right? okay yeah, I'm not really, sure yeah. if I've seen that one for an now Holly right right yeah. right I I was a I was pretty excited after Mom. yeah I thought this guy was going to be
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. the guy mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and it has that all those like white male sensibilities but like I just really loved uh, and I love Connie Britton. I oh think she, yeah! I, and so absolutely, I, I just thought that was such a such a good like independent fun film. Like it's obviously not fun fun. It's, it's like I,
1: the working class Long Island Woody
0: Allen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very yeah. It's very '96 yeah. Woody Allen mm-hmm, for sure, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my recommended, if you like, in this one is Frankie and Johnny with uh, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer yeah. and Al Pacino. Not at the Claire de Lune. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: nice. Nice. Um, you were saying earlier that Pacino stole Falk's career. And I, I'm, yeah. I, I, I,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I think I think Falk does angry, yelling, acting so much so better. So much more, than, more gravitas. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems real. Or like Pacino seems, seems like, like an expectation. Azat- right, right. Yeah. 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 Capital A. Yeah, yeah. One glass eye, and a, maybe, a, I mean, they're basically the same height, and they're, you know, so I mean, right. it's just a matter of like why. I think, I, you know, as much as Columbo allowed Falk to do what the things that he wanted to do, and I, I and, but I do think that held him back a little bit in the um, in the sense of the roles that he got. Mm-hmm. And I do think Falk is a better comedic actor than Pacino is, obviously. Um and I and I don't think Falk would. I mean, like, if he were I mean, alive, insomnia was pretty funny. <laughs> but only for Robin Williams. It was just him riffing. It was only <laughs> uh, the. I I don't think Falk would have traded his career. I mean, mm-hmm. necessarily, just because I like. I list, like reading some of the stories behind these movies. I would have loved to have been in Casavettes' circle. Oh my God! Just yeah. to be in that creative like. This like to be just just to be received by him warmly. I bet is just fucking amazing Yeah, just to be able to sit down and like read one of his scripts or to be you know It's just it had to have been like and then to, to you know to rub elbows with fucking Altman and Scorsese and Elaine May and like have those people around you all the time essentially yeah, like to say that you that you were basically at Scorsese looked up to you that you've I mean like, you know, well, it's
1: just neither of them were that tall. <laughs> sorry. Right. Like, no, but Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can't imagine the conversations and and just
0: also the antics. Right. Like, yeah. I, I, I know, I just this, like I, I, I would imagine like being on the set of a woman under the influence. And the, I mean, it, it's harrowing as the material was knowing that you're going to spend 12 to 16 hours a day with these folks, just like putting in and making art yeah, and making something that matters just had to have been like just why you were there, right? Yeah. Mm, the reason to get up in the morning. Mm. All right. Sure. Okay. Recommend it if you like. All right.
1: Uh, if you liked A Woman Under the Influence, you might like Through a Glass Darkly, uh, Ingmar Bergman's yeah. 1961 film where, let's see, while on holiday with her emotionally distant family, Karen, who has a history of mental illness, starts to slip from relapse. lap slip from reality and think she is being visited by God.
0: It's another uplifting, uh, (laughs) easy, easy watch about mental illness. Yeah, (laughs) and and mine will be as well. Um, Mine is Lars von Trier's Breaking Uh, the Waves. uh uh Yeah. About a man Uh, who uh, makes his wife do things for him, (laughs) to put it mildly.
1: Uh, so yeah if you if you like those three films you might like these six films
2: (laughs) (laughs) look (laughs) we all all,
1: yeah we all need a good cry uh, every once in a while Okay.
0: Looking forward to next time. Um, yeah. So tell tell folks next time what we're going to get into. So yeah. So next time by this time by this time that we record next time we'll we'll, we'll have had our forward film club September screening. Uh, we're screening Real Women Have Curves. Uh, so we'll talk about that film. And then we'll talk about the next two Cassavetes films as well, which is uh, The Killing of a Chinese Bookie and Opening Night. And I'm looking forward—I I, I love both of those, so yeah. I'm looking forward to, like, talking about those in kind of a different sense of, like, this is a little less harrowing and, like, a little bit more, like, <laughs> yeah. just kind of plot-driven, you know, yeah. um, films that kind of get away from this, like, fucking gut punch of a, yeah. of, a, uh, <laughs> of a cinematic experience. Man. Man. I would have just... loved to have watched uh, A Woman Under in the Influence with the crowd. I, and someday—I I mean, I would hope there's some Cassavetes—you know— uh that, that comes through. Um that yeah. that I because I, I that <clears throat> with a group of people who appreciate the film, um, I think it would serve itself
1: you know, see all of that on a big screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. And like communal mourning. Right, right, right. right, right yeah. yeah. And, and and to kind of get
0: that that um Yeah, exactly. That kind of visceral yeah. uh you know reaction from everybody in the crowd kind of thing. And this yeah. kind of that, that'd be fun. Let's make
1: that happen. Um, <laughs> let's manifest it into, right, into, right. into happening, into into real life. As as Aaron Rodgers recently said, <laughs> I believe in manifestation. I believe. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> in, anything else about uh, the films? No, nah, that's this all time? I got. <laughs> All right. All right. Until next time. Thank you for
0: listening. And keep screaming.
3: And you birds, I'm waiting for my kids at school. Do you mind giving me the time? Do you? What's the matter with you? What the. <laughs> Damn you, time.
0: You have been listening to Why Does the Wilhelm Scream with your hosts, Brock and Jason. If you like today's episode, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe in whatever application you use to consume podcasts these days. You can reach us by visiting wideasthewilhelmscream.com. If you are in the DFW area, we would love to see you at a Fort Worth Film Club event. You can learn more about those and find a full schedule at fortworthfilmclub.com. And you can learn about my foundation and how we are trying to foster the next generation of film lovers at realhousefoundation.org. That's R-E-E-L, housefoundation.org. Till next time...